Hello and welcome to the Winning It podcast episode 19, traveling with Mark Law. I uh, met Mark in New Zealand. Uh, he is a, a, an expat from UK, Plymouth. And we met doing a job that I've just previously, previously described as a bit shit. And he's here to talk uh, about that, New Zealand, Australia, and various other subjects of travel. Mark, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well, James. Thanks for having me on, mate. Thanks for the introduction there. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm still at that job that you uh, <laughs> famously described as the yeah. uh, <laughs> worst job you ever had. <laughs> is, it in, is it infamously or famously? I don't know which one it is now. Oh, yeah, one of the two, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so talk us about uh, New Zealand. Where, where are you? Um, you know, obviously doing that job, but what's life like there? Yeah, it's pretty good. So I've been in Wellington now for, um, I was thinking about it, about eight years. Um, and I've lived in Wellington all that time. Um, I have travelled around and done uh, road trips to see all the other uh, mm. towns and cities. Um, I yep. think probably Wellington is the is the best spot if you're going to settle down somewhere. Um, Agreed. Because I think because I think the other choice is to go to Auckland if you like cities. But if you like cities, you're probably in the wrong country altogether. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's nice. It's quite. Um, it's very quiet. It's very like um, very laid back and uh, feels very safe compared to. Uh, most of the place I lived in England and, uh, and even Australia so it's this nice like kind of chilled atmosphere and yeah can't, can't complain really yeah we love Wellington I think um, arguably probably my favourite place I've lived um, oh yeah only, only downside is the wind but um, you can bypass that if you take all the other things into account I mean that's but, a pretty solid downside yeah <laughs> people don't yeah. understand it, it's, it's a thing it's a real and thing. The, the earthquakes are, uh, are, are a pain as well, mate, to be honest. Like that's, uh... Yeah, we felt a few tremors. And, I, and by tremors, I mean, we were shaking in our bed, I think, a few times when the year that we were there. But I guess you might have experienced a bit more than that. Oh, they, yeah, it's closed down work a couple of times. And the, the, the first couple that you're in, it's like, oh, this is exciting. And then yeah. Yeah, it's pretty anxiety-inducing when you're like, oh, I wonder how bad this one's going to be. And you get the thing come on the, your phone saying, oh, check to see if you're in a uh, tsunami zone and all this. And it's like, oh. We do get that here, to be fair. Yeah, really? get here. yeah, because we're on the Ring of Fire. Um, okay. So they're, they're always saying the big one. I think the big one happened last <laughs> okay. time, like centuries, well, not centuries ago, but I don't know how long ago it was. But we get these tests come through on the phone and we have to like, make sure we get under the bed and that sort of shit. But um, n- not felt anything here, even though we are on, the, are on the fault line. So they do keep saying it's coming, though. Yeah, I mean, I think places that have any kind of potential natural disaster, there's always all the message boards are always like it's coming with you. It's overdue. <laughs> overdue. Yeah. What's that based on? Because it happened before. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, it, yeah, it's been it's been two and a half million years. We're overdue. Yeah. <laughs> what a ridiculous system. I'm, I get it. Like it has to protect people, but yeah, we do yeah. get those regularly. I think every six months we get one. I think. Um, but yeah, so Wellington, um, we love it. Um, any recommendations, Wellington? We obviously, I think we talked about with Rachel quite a few things, but anything, you've been there eight years, so any, any hidden gems that people might want to check out? Uh, well, really, if you're coming, I think it's all about the um, the food and drink in Wellington. It's, it's yeah. absolutely wild how good, and um, because of the kind of nature of it, basically seemed to spring up and then only last kind of six months or a year, and then it's replaced by something else. So It's true, isn't it? But everyone eats out all the time. Like yeah. every, every night then, of the week, you can see places are pretty pretty full. Yeah, for sure. And it's and um, so you think they'd be making a bunch of money, but they don't seem to last very long. And so you get get used to somewhere, get a favourite place, and then next week it's a different cuisine from a different country, you know. And it's um, which is which is good, but it does mean that sometimes you're like, oh, 
wish this place that I went to once it still existed. <laughs> yeah. Is um is is it Eakin Burger? Is that still there? Oh, that's still there. Um, I the wonder, owner of that place is mental, he, isn't he? Well, were you here when he had his his rand that, oh. that he's famous for? Oh, someone um, went on his Facebook page and put a review saying like, "Oh, I don't know why this burger is so famous. It's overrated and it's a bit cold." Yeah. And um, I think he was like he was hammered drunk and um got onto it at midnight, the owner of the place, and it's like, "Yes, this woman doesn't know what she's talking about. I've been making burgers for a hundred years since you were in nappies." It's <laughs> 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 like this massive thing, and then um refused to back down when people were like are you sure you should have <laughs> you should have done that <laughs> what a lad i think that was the base yeah, of not... me saying he's, he's a bit of a mentalist i think i did read that somewhere but i don't think i was i don't think we were there at that point but we're like tiptoeing tip -toe around make sure oh yeah yeah nice place <laughs> like don't say anything bad oh, don't tell him but his burgers are overrated for sure <laughs> oh god <laughs> he's gonna come on the podcast and start complaining man shit i'll tell you what just yeah. they do one that's got a um uh jalapeno mayonnaise it's pretty good but other than that i think he needs mm. to um rethink his ideas <laughs> <laughs> i think uh yeah we only like that because every every day i walked to work and i was past that and i think that that rant from mm. that guy i think i did remember reading it and we checked it out and it's quite a rustic place but yeah there's so many places i went to eat right i actually went through a phase uh i actually got some notes somewhere i we went out every weekend for brunch for about 20 weekends in a row before we left and i've got every brunch place and like what we had and how i rated it and their coffee and it came in a bit of thing oh, yeah? at work. Yeah, people at work like, oh, what was next on the on the menu? It's like, oh yeah, we had this and it's all right. Um, but oh, what, what's your favourite brunch right? spots? Do you go brunch much? Because that's a big thing in Wellington. Yeah, there's um, this I don't know if you'll have heard of it. It's called um, called Nando's. Like they do like a, it's like a Portuguese chicken <laughs> restaurant that you can. Um... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tell me more. I've never heard of it. <laughs> no, um, I, I go to this place, uh, Sweet Mother's Kitchen. That's yeah, probably there when you were there. One of the favourites. Yeah, it's got Supreme Coffee, yeah. right? One of my favourite coffees. Yeah, and. And um, it's diamond kind of just a soul food spot. It's not too expensive. It's like mm. um, all crazy inside. It looks like they've just decorated it with anything they could find in their loft. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they just churn out like a, just amazing food. So if you're yes. in town, and I mean, that one's got some longevity. So if you, so people yeah. listen to this might, might actually see it if they came. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's one of our top recommendations, that place. Yeah, for both brunch yeah. and normal food. I think that's uh, one of the top ones. Um, yeah, can't yeah. argue with that. Maybe it's a, it's a, a gem. But Wellington is is full of that. So uh, you're still working at MOE? Yeah, that's right, education. mate. That's right. Yeah, the one I described yeah. as a bit um a bit dodgy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing the same job. I don't have to answer the phones, mate. So it's um, <laughs> a different situation <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, you moved on or moved up than what I was doing. But um, yeah, that that was a tough job. That's one of the. That's actually one of the things that is good about New Zealand. I think that I didn't experience um, back home is that. Um, you can move up through jobs. I think places here are much more willing to promote from within if you show a bit of willing and um, and put some hard work in. I think it goes a long way and I'll take you over someone who's come from outside with maybe like more qualifications or a longer background. So um, I think yeah. that's definitely a, a positive of the kind of work culture here. I think that's the opposite here. Yeah, don't, oh, really? don't promote within, get external in all the time. Uh, personal I think it definitely is in the UK. I find it really hard to move up anywhere back home. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of an issue here. Um, I think you asked before we start recording why we like New Zealand and I found working there a bit more fun and oh, yeah. better paid as well and here's a bit more expensive than, than Wellington so yeah that's one of the main reasons but um, yeah the work culture is definitely a bit more relaxed I think but maybe that's just Wellington in general I'm not sure. Oh yeah it could be it could be New Zealand in general. Like yeah with New Zealand there's no one there so you've got, you got, <laughs> you got cows and sheep in here so yeah what else is it going to be 
too intense. Yeah, well, the last thing I want is a cow with a degree taking my job, James. So I've got to keep <laughs> <on>. <laughs> that should be a bit of a highlight for me, I think. <laughs> my awful career I've had to date. Um, New Zealand, why did you go there? Why did you move? Uh, well, um, so it's kind of a long story, so I might as well start telling you about um, when I uh, when I left the UK, right? So yeah, yeah. I am. Um, so uh, I didn't. I, I was speaking to you um, before hey, that I um, I didn't go travelling till I was uh, a bit older than I think you and most of the people you chatted to on here. Yeah. So I was living in Plymouth till I was in my twenties, and Plymouth's quite a small and like quite insular place, and yeah. a lot of people that I know have never left and presumably will never leave. And yeah. other people who are like, oh yeah, I'm moving away from Plymouth mean like they're going to Bristol. No, so it's not yeah. like, <laughs> it's that kind of thing. So I'd, I'd gone to Manchester, um, I was living with my girlfriend at the time and my brother actually moved away to Australia, um, had, had moved away about 10 years before that. He's a little bit older than me. Oh wow. And okay. um, so I was in my late twenties and he was getting married and I was like, oh, well, if I'm going over to Australia, like I didn't particularly care about my job at the time. I wasn't really doing, I wasn't in uni or anything. So I was like, well, I might let's let's do it properly and we'll go for a couple of years and we'll go and um get the working holiday visa and we'll go and yeah. see, see a bit of asia and stuff like that right so yeah so did that went over um spent um a couple of years in, in sydney and around the place um which we'll probably get to in a bit um and i was uh looking good for getting sponsored at the place i was working at which um was mm-hmm. like a financial company and so i was like oh this is excellent i'm just going to stay here like a like a, this place had um amp they're called it like a uh financial advice company and yeah um, stockbrokers and stuff and i'd somehow lucked into this job temping um sat in an office like overlooking sydney harbour down on circular key like had Great. my desk i was like this is brilliant and they were going to sponsor me um and then bizarrely enough they um they got they merged with euro boys of evo all oh, right um, okay and over, overnight my job didn't exist and i had two <laughs> weeks left of <laughs> it sounds like a visa. Like two weeks yeah. left of my visa yeah man <laughs> ruining it for everyone <laughs> yeah there was there. So that's their that's their slogan isn't it i think i saw it on the advert yeah yeah something like that i, I can't say too much i think some listeners still work at aviva so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so overnight my job didn't exist i had about two weeks left on my visa um i'd split up with my girlfriend i'd gone traveling with like and um, i'd oh. fallen out with my housemate and i was like oh well, this is like a dark ending to this adventure so i was like i don't want to go home so i had like well, literally had like a few hundred bucks left in my bank account and i was like well i'm still just in the age requirement to get a working holiday visa to new zealand mm-hmm. i'm gonna roll the dice and do that so arrived in new zealand staying in like the cheapest possible hostel eating you know like noodles and tuna every morning like Classic. working all these random um agency jobs that you get as a as a backpacker yeah um but just living in wellington the people i met i was like oh this is actually fantastic like i, I love this i'm going to keep trying to do this and so eventually got into the job that, that you hated so much and um <laughs> worked my way up a little bit it was a lot quieter when i started there though so i think it was a bit um a bit more laid back yeah and then um eventually like worked high enough like I was, and again got very lucky with the the um uh the work visa requirements like they kept they keep changing but they kept changing just after i'd got my new visa so i was always okay. able to stay a little bit ahead yeah and eventually got my residency visa and i never looked back so you're on a you're permanent resident now that's what, oh, no, what permanent you're resident, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, you're gonna get citizenship as well you're gonna go for the passport I will do, but you've got to wait because I was on work visas for so long. I think it's about another five years until I can. Um, oh wow, that's straight. Be valid because they, they they don't count any of the time on your work visa or your residency, just your permanent residency. Oh, they do here. <laughs> and you've got to be eight eight. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You've got to be eight years on your PR, I think, before they'll let you do it. So, but I will do eventually. I think, eight especially years. now, like I think, 
Yeah, I feel like the New Zealand passport has suddenly um, gone up in value against the British one, James. Massively, yeah. <laughs> Massively. <laughs> Need to change um, over to the, to the little black book. It's weird because for the passport here, you get your um, permanent, yeah, your PR. Ours is still application at the minute. I think we will get it. And then you get the five-year PR card here. But if you do two out of five, you get another PR card. So that's like... Sorry. But the work visa counts, but it's half the time. So if you do two hours and a, right. two years and a work permit, one year of that counts towards it. We've been here two and a half years, so we're just itching towards that like time where yeah, we can but... already automatically renew it. And then that also does count, I think, towards your passport. If we can do three out of five years, that's all, that's all you have to do. You can apply for a passport. So um, it takes yeah. a load off when you get it sorted, mate. Yeah, and I think because the British passport is slowly declining, um, mm. I'd have to consider something else. Did a lot of googling and going on facebook trying to find an irish relative who i could uh, yeah we've all done that yeah it'll be a password but yeah no luck i'm afraid there aren't any mclaws or o laws <laughs> yeah. yeah there's no way <laughs> i think um most people have irish descendants but where i'm from no, right? That's... same as plymouth norwich is very insular i've got mm. i've got no one apart from people who've been from norwich this is no one about so get up the generations so there you go no chance yeah. for me so, but I, yeah, I said to my dad, and he's like, no, I think we're about 20th generation Plymodian. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I can believe that. <laughs> yeah. So, finally, on New Zealand, um, I know mm. you probably have seen other places. Where do you consider or recommend uh, worth visiting that you've been, other than Wellington? Other than Wellington? Um, well, in, if you're going to stay somewhere, um, I think Sydney is a, is a blinding spot. Um, if you yeah. were going to find, find another city to move to, I think it's got such a good balance of um, of um, like kind of natural beauty and like yes. all the stuff that you want in a city that it's like it, it's just really really good, man. And like just obviously the weather's brilliant all the time. Yeah, it's top notch. Uh, well, unless it's literally on fire, which does happen a, a fair bit now. <laughs> yeah, it, it was burning a few years ago. I think it's still I think it's fine. Yeah. But... <laughs> um, I think that was actually only last year, mate. We actually got like. Um, Australia being on fire and COVID in one calendar year, which is like a pretty yeah, it was tough going, right? <laughs> pretty, pretty wild time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like I can't really recommend that enough. I think I, I, that's the only other place I've been that I would consider moving back to permanently. I think oh, I mean, yeah. I, I find it overall a little bit fast paced for me to to actually live there. But, it's quite relentless, um, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's busy, especially if you're living somewhere that's. If you want to be amongst like shops and bars and cafes and stuff, then like yeah. all of those places get absolutely lit up on weekends and like late nights and stuff. So you find yourself somewhere that's quite a that's quiet in the day, and then like suddenly it's some massive teeming night spot in the evening without, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> without realizing. What about um, yeah, it's good. What about New Zealand though? Any any other places in New Zealand or is Wellington oh, the only option? Sorry, yeah. Um, I mean, everywhere else is either Auckland or is a lot quieter. Um, yeah. So the only other city you think about living in is Christchurch, which I don't really hasn't recovered as well as you think as well no. as you'd hope from when they had their big earthquake. It's, it's quite a um, quite kind of grey industrial city that's not size, isn't it? much fun. Yeah, um, if, if you want to go smaller, there are some pretty cool places if you wanted to go to like Dunedin. It's really beautiful. Yeah, um, too cold. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, a lot of it's pretty cold. Yeah. Um, but all of these places, you'd really have to be kind of thinking of, oh, well, I'm going to retire now because like there's nothing happening. And I mean, Wellington's quiet when you compare it to any other, yeah. city, especially any other capital capital city in the world. But um, yeah. once you start getting into the into the little places in New Zealand, Dunedin is quite lovely. Nelson's lovely, but I mean, you're, you're going to be 
spending most of your time reading books because there is nothing <laughs> <Yeah>. else happening. <laughs> it's quite sunny there, though, isn't it? It's the sunniest place, I think, in New Zealand, Nelson. Mm. But yeah, I think you're right. All these towns or these little, little cities are, are quite awesome in New Zealand, like worth visiting. But actually, yeah, if you think about living and working somewhere, I, I can't see anyone else apart from Wellington. Unless you're in construction, then yeah, Christchurch is going to be a great place for you to get some work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, I should say all these cities are definitely worth visiting. Like some of these spots are, are unreal. Like to mm. just just to drive through, you'll be it'll blow your mind looking at some of them. Like yeah, like kind of literally driving through Lord of the Rings and being like, oh right, yeah, this is mad. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, like I, I don't know, settling down. I think you'd have to be a special kind of person to want to just go. I'll oh, get up and I'm going to go and move to Nelson. Yeah, that's. I don't think we could do that. I think um, Wellington's like a small, a very small Vancouver. It's got the, it's got the water and stuff. Um, but yeah, I just think uh, something about Wellington is it's all a bit more compact, a bit easier to navigate, and there's in that compactness, there's still like a lot going on. So yeah, we love that time there. But um, we will come back next year, hopefully. That's cool. Um, I'll probably still be here. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure you'll still be there. Dino, won't know, will he? I've got to mention Dino. No, nah, he's a, he's a band. Well, he's, he's tried to leave like three or four He's tried to leave about two years, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, but this hasn't happened, so he might still be here anyway, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't they keep, him, they keep extending his visa because of COVID, right? Yeah, if Jacinda keeps extending the visas, he might be here in a decade. That's how, how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I'll get Dino well, I mean, on, there, on, on, the, on the podcast in a few weeks. Oh, yeah. I think you'd like that. You've got a, you've got a mute button, Matthew. For... <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's one quote from Dean, and I always remember it. And we will talk about it on the podcast when I get him on. And it's like Bolivia. And I asked him, Oh, yeah. Oh, you've been to La Paz? He goes, Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, Yeah, I love that place. He goes, Yeah, yeah. I stayed there for six months. I went, Six months? He goes, Yeah, I had to leave. I said, Why is that? He goes, I was literally dying. I said, What do you mean? He goes, Too much booze, too much other stuff, too much effing was going on. He goes, I had to leave because I felt like I was dying. I just always remember that. I don't even know why that's in my head. I was but literally dying. Yeah, literally, yeah, you just felt you had to get out. <laughs> yeah, easily done. I think, I think, like, um, if you get, if you're backpacking and you get too sucked into, like, the backpacker lifestyle in one place, I feel like you could spiral so quickly because you're, like, because everyone goes out and parties every night, which yeah. is fine if you're there for a week and then you're on the road, but if you're, like, oh, I'm going to stay here for a bit and you try keeping that up, well, you'd have to have some stamina. It's just, I have seen it. Like, uh, I talked to Scott, who's been on a few times, um, who I met in Melbourne in... Urban Central, which is the backpackers. And there's a group there who is um, kind of like working, living there. And there's a couple of Scottish guys. Um, we won't talk about Scotland today too much, but um, <laughs> a Scottish guy called Sean and Les. And Les was like out getting a job because he realised that Melbourne's not a cheap place to stay, working, earning money. And they planned to do a trip like after Australia. But this Sean guy just got sucked into the hostel bar lifestyle and he was on the booze yeah, every yeah. night. And it's six months, spent all his money just in that hostel bar, had to go home. And his plans to like do a bit of traveling with that in Australia. And yeah, I just, I couldn't believe that story that he got sucked in that much. He loved it that much that his six months was basically at, at a hostel bar. Yeah, if, someone had, if only someone had told him about Goon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what was he thinking? <laughs> oh, bless him. But then Les, on the other yeah. hand, got got job, got money, travels all over the place. So yeah, interesting dynamic there. Have you had people on here talking about Goon before? Do you think everyone knows what Goon is? Yeah, we, um, on the same podcast, we talked about why one of the people at the hostel kicked off one night because someone nicked her Goon. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's a common story across. Hospitals. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll borrow some goon, and now that actually yeah. resulted in pots and pans flying across the kitchen. So yeah, that wasn't a great, uh, a great night. That. Uh, did you ever play a uh, goon of fortune? No. What's that? Goon of Fortune is when you are in somewhere in rural Australia where they've got them rotary clothes dryers where you hang your clothes on them, but they spin round. In okay. The yeah. But what you do is you uh, you attach a bag of goon to it and you sit underneath it and you spin it and whoever it lands on has to have a cup of goon. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. That's a great game. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The goon backpacking of pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Australia. Um, oh yeah. Next on my notes: mad drinking culture in rural towns. I guess that's part of it, right? Yeah, so um, I like I won't talk too much about like about Sydney. I had a pretty kind of standard day to day in Sydney, um, yeah. just working and, and doing stuff. But um, when we started traveling, um, we had to we had a kind of crisis that we had to get we're nearly out of money, and we also mm. had to start working to get our second year visa. Yes, so, you know you have to do like three months of um, rural work. They call it to yeah, well, farm work. primary industries. They call it it's normal yeah. farming, but I think I think you can do construction, but um, it's it's tough to get in. Yeah. Um, so we thought we were onto a um, a pretty good scam because we saw this advert in the paper, right? And um, or, or on Gumtree or whatever. And this guy was saying, um, "Oh, I've got like non-farming jobs for primary industry visa requirements. Like, oh. call me for an interview." So I was like, "Oh yeah, sick!" Because we've done a bit of farming and I hated it. Yeah, it's great. And um, even though you think from Plymouth would be in my blood, James, but it just doesn't seem to work <laughs> on it. <laughs> That's too much CM, um, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when went to meet this bloke, and he said, "Okay, what it is is I own a hotel that is in the uh, in the outback, and it's like way in the outback. It's called Corner Country, which is like literally right on the corner of the um of the states, New South Wales and Queensland and okay. Victoria, right right down the corner." Yeah. And he was like, "So I need um seasonal staff, but I can't get anyone to come out because there's literally nothing for like three hundred miles in every direction." Mm-hmm. so um but it, and he mostly has it for people who are going through to somewhere else or going on to like broken hill or uh, sheep shearers or whatever right yeah and um or laying pipelines and stuff like that and it's one of the oldest hotels in australia i think and he's like so what i'll do is if you two will come and work and do general work in my hotel which is like making beds yeah cleaning rooms doing some kitchen work then um then the bloke who owns the sheep station next door will sign you off saying you worked on your sheep station for three months, which is primary industry, and yep. um, and you can get your visa. And we're like, oh, nice. yes, this is like the best thing ever. So we went there, except it turned out that they were um, that them and everyone else in this town of about twenty five people were complete maniacs. And like <laughs> we, we like we didn't drive. He brought us there in his uh, in his youth, and we were literally like three hundred miles from the nearest town. And so like we had to be there uh, like all day every day with these um with these with just like smashed bogans walking around just like like just just shouting stuff at us basically like oh you're the you're the uh, the new people you're the new people come and uh, come and have some goon <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah and yeah so that was like that was an experience and so all the people and what why i tell you that is because i think it's a certain type of mindset that persuades someone that they should go and live somewhere so isolated mm. i think it, it means that, that when you go to these little towns you find people you don't tend to find people who were born there. You find people who, at some point in their life, decided like, "I hate people. I'm going to go and yeah. live in the most remote place that I can that I can find." And so, like, a community of those is like, it's such an odd thing yeah, to live in if outside a very length of time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that all the people there either worked in the the hotel or the bar there, or did some kind of work on the station around. And like that was like that was it. Well, except there was one guy who owned like I assume they put together himself um, like an Aboriginal museum. 
he wasn't okay. an Aboriginal himself, but but he'd put together like a, I guess everything he could find to do with like <laughs> Aboriginal Australians, and yeah. like and just put, and gone like right, I run the only Aboriginal museum uh, for like you know like thousands of kilometres. So, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> did you get signed off on um, it as well? The, the farm work. Did you get signed off or was oh, it? Yes, mate. Yes, that yeah, was like it's it all kosher in the end. I mean, we nearly didn't because we nearly like just did a runner after two months because um the, the guy who ran the place's wife like absolutely had it in for us and was like so it's another one of those um kind of false job descriptions because it's like oh yeah this don't worry guys it's for easy street like it's quiet most of the time like yeah there's it's only when groups come through and blah 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 but then they actually had other ideas and they had us working like kind of 12 hours a day and like oh, God. roasting heat doing anything they could think of we were like um streaming their uh their grass and we were like helping them build like a fence and we were like doing all kinds of stuff and it's like oh i kind of thought you said we would just be busy when you had socialize but like they're basically like well like what are you going to do about it basically yeah yeah well um true. But, yeah, but yeah they they come through and they um and they sign us off so can't complain too much just another weird story to and that <laughs> to got you the second year i guess it did mate yeah it did i still and... like i still had to do some farming so i can get another job on the way back so i still oh, farming nice. after all that. yeah <laughs> so did they have um, like um like a big drinking culture is that what i guess well, what, what else then, can you do but well, where where did they they did a bit and like they are all drinking all day. But where it was like most apparent is um is the next place I went to, which is Port Douglas, right? Which is another small yeah. town, and it's like right up in front of Queensland. Again, it's super out of the way. It's yeah. north from Cairns. Yeah. Um, beautiful place, mm. and but like everyone there again works in tourism. That's the only industry that's there. There's nothing else. Yeah. It's hotels and shops and food places, and um. Honestly, everyone there who lived there was like blotto twenty four seven. It was absolutely mad. And um, which, which leads me on a bit of a long story, mate. So sorry if I meander a little bit here. But so I was working in this um, in this hostel bar and kitchen. Yeah. And I said to the to the guy who owned it, "Where do I go to get a haircut?" And he said to me, "Oh yeah, tell me where it is." And he said, uh, "Make sure you go before 12. So I was like, "Oh, I guess it closes at 12, right?" That's what you'd get from there. Yeah. So I was walking home one day about two o'clock, and I saw this hairdresser, and it was open, and no one in there. And I was like, "Oh, I can't believe my luck. I'll just go in." <laughs> So I go in and I, I got in the chair and I realised after a couple of snips that he told me to go before 12 because I think the guy starts drinking at 10. And he was like, he was absolutely blind drunk. And um, so he was like sniffing away at my hair. And after a while he, was, he said he was quote unquote finished. And I was like, okay, great. And I left and I was looking at myself in the windows on the way home. And I was like, I can't, I can't go out like this. This like, this is ridiculous. So I got back to the hostel, knocked on the uh, the door of the, um, the people who live next in the room next to us yeah. and was like do you have like a like a, a set of clippers or anything like that by any chance i could borrow and they did but they didn't have any clips for it so i was like all right here we go so I just um shaved my head like zero down to the bone right cool. now i went to uh, to work that night and i worked for this italian guy um who also had short hair who i like hadn't really spoken too much before but i come in and his eyes like lit up and he's like oh mark i love your haircut and i was like oh sweet yeah thanks mate and he's like yeah do you want to have a drink after work i was like yeah mate cool this be good so we sit down to drink after work and I was like, um, and I said, and we're just chatting and he goes, what's that? What's England like then? And I was like, oh yeah, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Done a few yarns and he was like, um, yeah, Italy's pretty bad at the moment. A lot of foreign people coming in and ruin it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> hang on mate, <laughs> where are you? <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right. He was like, I was like, oh, I mean, because <laughs> I was like, we're, but we're, we're foreign, aren't we, in, in Australia? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no, nah, yeah, you know what I mean, though, like Indians and that. So, well, da, 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 da. I don't like, I don't know why you're telling me this, mate. It's like, well, like, if you, I, what are your politics like? I'm quite right wing. And I was like, I'm very left wing. <laughs> yeah. we, we, you've just made a terrible, like, misunderstanding. So I never really spoke to him again. But, like, 
a couple of nights later, I was waiting in uh, in this restaurant, and uh, it was us. Their restaurant it was like a cafe kind of place that just opened mm. at night right and so it's like lo uh, locals in there and i wandered over and i was talking to someone at a table and they clocked my english accent and they were like oh you're from england and this was around the time the london riots were taking place oh yeah right and just talking to this random guy he'd been in a couple of times before i think um but not really spoken to him and he was like oh yeah terrible what the blacks are doing over there at the moment hey eh? <sighs> and i was like God. oh man i need to like i need to buy a hat or something because this is like the, like what has happened and i think it's um the reason i want to tell you about it is because i think even in these places that are beautiful tourist destinations mm. right where like where it seems like it's just a nice place everyone's on the beach all the time uh, if you like you've got to remember it when you're traveling even if it's somewhere like that like you need to keep your eyes open there's danger around you know like yeah yeah you can get lulled in you can get lulled into thinking like oh this is like just a nice place but actually mm. you, you've got to pay attention to what's going on because you might not see what is kind of under the surface and what's actually the go is because you'd think like a, a, a beach town where everyone's drunk all the time i'd be like if someone just told me that it's the pitch i'd be like just buy me a house there this sounds like <laughs> yeah. the best place like <laughs> but um but yes yeah, that's the, pretty grim isn't it yeah it, it, the other thing that i found out when i was there as well is um have you ever seen the film open water no okay so the film open water is set in i think it's set in the caribbean and it's about these uh these uh this um like uh, scuba diving trip they take out like these 10 scuba diving people mm -hmm. um who are tourists um but they miscount them when they get back on the boat and they leave two of them out there oh and okay. so like these two and they these two people are like drowned at sea right yeah. but that is based on a true story of something that happened in port douglas um oh. that, that like makes loads of its money there in cairns from trips to the barrier reef and they um they took these two people out they were called uh tom and eileen lonigan right yeah went out as a group of uh of scuba divers and uh they just miscounted and just left them there and they uh, and they both died. And like when I found out about that, like I think another backpacker told me, I was like, I've got to find out what the like, go is here. Like what, yeah, what yeah. happened? Like did what people happened? go to yeah. prison? Like what's what's the go? And um, but people there like won't speak about it. It's like they like deny wow. it happened. They're like, oh no, it's all it was always like sensationalist and blah blah blah. And it's it's dark because they did loads of like the police um released parts of this guy's diary that made it look like he was uh, suicidal, but they just like edited out bits of it. So they just like took two random bits from days where he was like, oh, I feel a bit sad today. And we're like, open and shut case. He obviously oh, killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to say it was because the um, the captain of the boat was like, was drunk, but he definitely was. <laughs> yeah. Based on what you and, uh, explained in that town. Because yeah. like, be the, yeah. <laughs> the fellow I worked for at the, uh, the hostel, he um, only worked the hostel because he used to... Um, run a, uh, a shipping tours company he didn't own the boat but he was the captain or whatever mm. and he left the pumps running in port once like after when he went home at night and it, and it sank <laughs> <laughs> and it's like i feel like you guys need to be learning uh, some kind of lesson from one of these before already did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think i we did go to port Douglas. i think um didn't stay very long but yeah it's a great point about that small town mentality isn't it um yeah. and it is a bit scary i think you find it in, in a lot of places that you probably don't think it is there um yeah for sure because people like and this is it if you don't look like you're receptive to it people are clever enough to not say it to you, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? but it's like, yeah, yeah but yeah that was it the one thing i did that made people think oh maybe he's like on board with this that yeah. suddenly just like doors are open yeah like you must be one of us mate it's like, yeah oh, yeah exactly yeah i don't like wow. this <laughs> oh grim yeah i think um i'm definitely a city person so i probably wouldn't experience that that much but so I just find cities a bit more progressive. Um, but yeah. I think I, that's true the world over, really. Eh? Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And uh, Australia's so big, like Canada's huge. Uh, but you're going to find these little pockets of places on it all along 
all on the coast basically pretty much um yeah but and when people go to find them yeah. Yeah, yeah i can imagine that you can and, go and find domains and there's um there's i don't think there's any city in australia regardless of how any part of any city in australia that's so built up that you can drive for an hour and a half and be in complete wilderness yes that's true. so it's like it, it like it, it's mad that like there are these just little little enclaves in the middle of what is basically just a giant desert yeah so um so you can be in the middle of nowhere in no time at all and so if someone wants to be like oh, let's i don't want to talk to people you can find that spot easy and there'll be other people there who think like you <laughs> yeah i think with australia i think the only place i did experience that sort of thinking was actually working in the mine sites and that was in port headland oh yeah port headland i guess it's a bit like port Douglas, it's a very small place maybe maybe a bit bigger because all the exports of iron ore and stuff and salt go out to china from there uh, so it's a bit of a bigger place but even on the mine site you've got some real narrow-minded people working on on those jobs uh, yeah, yeah some no of the stuff doubt, i'm not gonna repeat the stuff but it's just what grim you stuff like, what are you mining i wasn't mining now i was working in the kitchens oh yeah um, yeah 12-hour shifts pretty tough going i heard that um i heard that it pays heaps though if you go and do um, mining jobs like nice yeah the, the lowest paid jobs are the kitchen jobs but it's still going to be like 30 dollars now um, yeah which is pretty rad i don't think i was ever yeah. above like 20 odd when i was in, in sydney so yeah so i think um if you wouldn't put in 12 hour shifts for about 16 17 days on then yes yeah, it's, it's a decent yeah. owner and you get all your accommodation and food and travel all paid for you just turn up work and go back yeah you'd have to be quite strong-minded to do it i think but you could like you could easily sort out the rest of your trip just doing that i reckon yeah a lot of people do the two or three weeks on and then the one or two weeks have off they go like to thailand or something like that or bali um as a classic one because you earn so much money that yeah staying, staying in Margaret river for a week is going to cost way more than going to bali for a week you know so yeah i can see why people do it this guy who, this Irish guy, I think I said before, he had a dream job there. He was the only guy doing it. And he was in charge of um, fitness on the on the camp. I mean, all he did was walk around every morning, start of the day to make sure people do their little jumps and, and their warm-ups before they start work. We, we used to do 10 minutes of um, stretching and jumping around and shit like that. And he would just go around each night department, like maintenance and then housekeeping and the kitchen staff, um, wherever, and like make sure that they're stretching and they feel all right. And he, he sat in aircon, 12 hour shifts, he's doing fuck all all day, paid $50 an hour or something like that. God, Too good, green, man. Like Mr. Mr. Motivator stuff. Yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, I think it's actually New Zealand now. Um, I, I don't, I haven't spoken since I left, but yeah, dream job there. Yeah, that's pretty good. The one that I always wanted to get in, uh, in Oz was, um, you'd see these blokes who um, their whole job was at construction sites to stand there turning the stop go sign. Oh yeah, the dream, yeah. Yeah, and they had headphones in and like they yeah. they find like somewhere shady to stand to, to do yeah. it. Like, I bet that is like an all right job for even if it's like eight hours, do you know? It's like sit there podcast and listen on. to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Stop. back in back in the day, because in Margaret River, when I was there, there's quite a lot of construction down southwest. And you used mm. to see like these people just sit on stools in the shade of the hat with headphones on. I was like, oh, is that is that as good as what I think it could be? And yeah, analyzing it. Is, mate. It's a, they, you've got like two two trucks a day. Oh, dream. Yeah, but when those two trucks show up, mate, you've got to be on you've your own. You've got to do your job. <laughs> yeah. Imagine getting sacked from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, anything else to finish off in Australia? No, only to say that I think um, we get a really um, uh, bad crack of the whip from the way that the, um, the visa system works because um, so there's this mutual like... Um, 
travel thing with uh, with the UK, obviously, yeah. um, where we can go back and forth. Um, that doesn't extend to all countries. So it's a pretty good relationship, except for some reason, they're allowed to force us to do three months of farm work. Yeah, we yeah, don't it's do changing. That today, and it's, it's changing. Oh, it's, yeah, it's mad. And every farm that I ever worked on was like, oh uh, well, yeah. I mean, pretty much every farm I ever worked on was um was was rough. Like I remember going out one day to pick snow peas. Uh, have you seen us? Do you know what snow peas? Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. I can't say yeah. All right, it's like it. It's a little flat. It's like a like a broad bean or something. Like oh yeah, it's a okay. tiny little thing. So yeah. we had to go out, and they grow on the ground. So you're on your hands and knees, like picking these things. Mm. And we we're filling these um these uh, polystyrene containers. They're about the size of like I guess they're probably about, about two liters. Yeah. So like it, they hold a lot of snow peas, man. And we were like <laughs> took them back after like a day's work. I've got like a carton and a half full, and they're like right, yeah, we're paying you by the kilo. And like snow peas do not weigh anything. No, they do not. <laughs> and so, so we made we're like we've been there for like four or five hours. We made something like two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so it's like so that was that sucked. I had a job on like a um on a vineyard where the, the way they grow um grapes is to um to make them grow faster. They cover the plant when they're young with like tarpaulin. And that yeah. makes the, the leaves grow really big because they're trying to get as much sunlight as they can. And then when you yeah. yank the tarpaulin off, they suddenly absorb loads of sunlight and they grow really big. Really yeah, fast, yeah. Right? I used to take the tarpaulins off back when I was working on the vineyards. That, yeah. that was my job, mate. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've done that a few times. I've done netting as well when you cover it in nets. Because sometimes oh, yeah. the uh, the birds attack the vines, right? So you need to protect the um the vines. But that's when I saw my first huntsman spider when I was un- undoing netting. Well, I saw, I didn't see a huntsman. I saw like hundreds of uh, golden orbs, mostly on my face, because as you're going along, <laughs> taking the, uh, the yeah. pins out and these tarpaulins, you don't see the spider webs that stretch between the vines and you yeah. straight into them. It's like, ah, oh, disgusting. <laughs> $2 now. Well, yeah, cheers. I worked on a um, a cherry tomato farm as well, though I'm like, I'm 90% certain was like not a legal operation at all. Really? Um, we got this is it's another one of these mad jobs you get as a backpacker. There's another thing on Gumtree, like do you want some work, farm work? Yeah. And this uh Vietnamese fella called Lucky drove around and picked us up and was like, right, we're going to to my farm. We're like, all right, sweet. Um we stopped for some reason at his like parents' house to have a cup of tea for like an hour on the on the way. <laughs> and we're like, okay, cool. Eventually get to this place. Um with uh, only backpackers there, were the only not Vietnamese people there. I, like I've got no idea why they suddenly required like two randos from Sydney to come to this yeah. um, but they did and then they were like oh cool what, uh, where's your bedding and I was like what do you mean where, where, like what do you mean and he's like oh well here's your accommodation and it was literally just like one of those porter cabins with like nothing in it mm-hmm. like ah oh, when you said like there was accommodation I like I naively thought there might be a bed in it <laughs> how, how dare you <laughs> yeah I know right but, uh, but he was but but to be fair, he was actually super cool. Like everyone there was rad. And um, so he drove us to Kmart and like, it was like, oh yeah, maybe there should be a bed in there. I'll buy like a, a bunk bed and you can have that and blah, blah. And so we're like, okay, like, I feel like you should have thought of this before. Yeah. But that's fine, man, whatever. But that was pretty good. That was actually a dream um, farming job. I think the best farming job I had because um, they got annoyed with me because I could, can't really tell the difference between a ripe cherry tomato and a not ripe one. So like, I'd go and pick them. And then like, after kind of 10 minutes, I'd put them in a barrel. Um, yeah. An angry Vietnamese fellow would show me two what seemed to be identical cherry yeah, tomatoes. Yeah. Go, yes, no, yes, no. I'm like I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're telling me. <laughs> so, um, so they ended up giving me this job instead of sending me home, which they probably should have done. They give me this job where like they grow the tomatoes in um in big kind of greenhouses, like canvas greenhouses. Yeah. But because they're inside, there's no air to like cross pollinate them. So what they they give me a job doing was give me a leaf blower and just go and like walk around just blowing all the. Yeah. Well, the thing so basically kind of um uh i guess um assisting like uh the the genesis of tomatoes <laughs> yeah. 
And I was like, um, was that paid by the hour doing that? I can't remember what they were paying us. I think we were getting paid. I think we were on some kind of wage because we just had to do whatever they told us every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what they were paying us by the hour, but yeah, that was um, that was pretty sweet. But that that whole culture of uh, farm work though is is dodgy because I was reading an article today. I think there's going to be a free trade agreement between UK and Australia, and on the cards is the work permit. I think it's going to extend to 35. It's been on the cards for ages, but oh yeah, it's going to be one of the things it's going to push through, and. Um, the farming thing is going to disappear because Australians don't have to do it in UK, obviously. So yeah. they're going to they're going to scrap that. I thought, oh, I don't know, man. I think Australia would push for that. I don't know how some of these places could stay afloat without being able to just whip. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they're going to survive. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not they're not paying enough money to anyone there. It's going to be. No, it is. It's a bit I slave labour, isn't it? A little bit. From yeah. What I saw. It, it kind of is because you have to do it. It's like, well, if I don't want to go home. I have to do whatever this mad farmer says for <laughs> yeah. whatever money he wants to pay me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's one of those things. That's all part and of the backpacker things... story, isn't it, in Australia? It, exactly. But I mean, and this is one of the things when I say it might have been a bit different for me going because I was a bit older. Like if, when you go in your 20 and you're like indestructible, I'd be like, oh yeah, well, that'd be fine. I'll just do that and then drink goon all night and like, who cares? It's a funny story. Getting yeah. there, like when I was nearly 30, I was like, how dare they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how dare they make me pick these snow peas? <laughs> <laughs> snow peas? I thought grapes was bad. That's a different level. I tried, yeah, so... I tried picking grapes, it's too hard. Like my, my friend John, he's actually from Norwich. He, um, he was absolutely maestro, but he's really small. He's about, I don't know, five foot five. Five foot five? Yeah. And he can get right in the vines, you know, clip them out and get get a move on. And he would earn not decent wage, but like all right for great picking. But I was just way behind. I just couldn't, also couldn't be asked. I just want to get my day ticked off. But then I start yeah, to realise yeah, yeah. that you, you make no money. I'm like, shit, I'm going to run out of money here. It's not enough to keep up with the, the rent and living costs of Australia. So I had to bail pretty quickly. And that's why I worked in the mines in the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. it's like it, you don't think about it it's always like oh, i'm going backpacking i'm going on holiday so i was you know, i worked in a mine <laughs> <laughs> you can't say mine you can't say road. kitchen you can't say kitchen yeah, yeah, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but i saw um yeah i saw some sites in that mine site that was a uh, interesting oh, mate, I, I don't doubt it <laughs> the train drivers get uh they get full autonomy they can do what they want because train drivers okay. are, are the most needed people if you've got sure. them, you can't get your products from where it is to, to, to the coast. So they get the keys to all the stuff. Like they, can, they can eat when they want. The strict rules, eating between 6 and 10 at night. But for train drivers, they come at midnight and get what they want. It's just a bit weird system. But yeah, um, I met some characters there like who I worked with, some interesting characters. But quite a lot of backpackers because not a lot of Australians do it, and the kitchens especially. Yeah. Apart from the chefs, no one's doing the porter stuff like we were doing. Who, who wants to do that? But backpackers, you get, you know, 85 hours a week at $30 an hour. You're going to do it, aren't you? Yeah. Sick. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I wish I'd got in on that, mate. I wish I'd known you back then. You could have done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Australia is a great place. I hope you go back. I'm going back next year. So um, we're going to do West Coast. I go back quite regularly. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Fancy a road trip. I, I was actually on the, um, on the first flight out of New Zealand to Australia um, when the bubble opened this year. Oh, yeah? Just a bit of holiday. Oh, my brother lives over there yeah. with his kids. Um, and I normally go over kind of once or twice a year and go do a go see a gig with him or something. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I haven't been for like a year and a half because the, the thing's been closed. So it's good to get over and catch Are up. Are they in Sydney them. as well? Yeah. Oh, what part of Sydney do they live in? Uh, where are they now? They were in Stanmore and now they're in, uh, I can't remember the name of the town. It's out by Cronulla. It's a little bit further on from Cronulla. Okay. Decent area? 
Engadine, it's called Engadine. Oh, okay. yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's all right. It's um, it's like suburban. It's a nice place. There's yeah. not a lot going on there, but like they've got four kids, so they moved out to the beach and they've like run, run the city, but they're not doing that yeah. nonsense anymore. <laughs> nah, need to get into the uh, well, not too smaller towns because your experiences mean that. Yeah, 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 exactly. You, you, you don't want to get involved with the Nazis, but um, yeah, <laughs> Sydney's cool. Okay, next on the list, um, let's talk about is Iceland. Yeah. So, so where, when did yeah, you go sorry. there? So Iceland, I think I must have gone around 2010. Um, and oh, I'll tell you when it was. It was right after the um, the um, volcano erupted, which oh, I've, yeah. I've written yeah, down, but I've, I don't. She have she was all the call. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it erupted, and so it looked like we weren't going to be able to go. And the um, the only reason we're there in the first place is like one thing. Um, that will probably come a, come a, across quite a lot in some of these chats is that I am terrible at planning. Like I don't right. like doing it, and I don't. I'm not good at it. Yeah. And so, um, and some people will say like, "Oh yeah, well that's the way you should travel." You know, kind of live in the moment and be yeah, like, "I agree." Um, and go with flow. But um, I, I can promise you, definitely do some kind of cursory research <laughs> about where you're going, what there is to do, and when the best time of year is to go. Because like, we miss so much stuff that you would normally do in Iceland just because I didn't like Google when is a good time to go to Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so when did you go what part um, of the year so the, um i forget what part of the year it is but not but um importantly not the northern lights time of okay, year, right. which is like the only time that you would go to uh, to iceland and so like a lot of people were quite surprised that we were there um it was not it, it wasn't busy so we're in Reykjavik which um i found out when i was there is really the only place in iceland um there's like that and the other city by the airport and basically basically nothing in between where anyone lives or does anything Yes, yeah, it's, it's the only place, only hub. Yeah, and so um, so we're we're heading into Reykjavik, and um, I, like I really liked Iceland. It's got some um, yeah, it's cool. They've got like a they've got really interesting culture and like a kind of blunt way of doing things that I like. Mm-hmm. So we're coming from the from the airport, and just all along the road, instead of kind of careful driving signs, they had mangled cars that've been in crashes up on like um, made into basically statues, going like slow down. It's like oh yeah, that kind of illustrates yeah. Iceland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and so yeah we were staying in some hotel there it's kind of out of season but we did get to do a lot of the a lot of fun stuff we went on the tour where you go to i think it's I can't remember if it's called the golden four or the golden circle but they take you um to these kind of four kind of beautiful and historic sites in um in, in iceland there's a, a, a waterfall and there's the place where the two tectonic plates meet yeah i think it's the only place on earth where you can go and stand and and, and see both of them at the same time or mm-hmm. mostly two of them at the same time there's several um which is pretty cool and um and you visit the hydrothermic plants it's like <laughs> you see I mean, these are but these are were well, fun but these are like second tier activities james if you have like tour of the hydrothermic plants isn't in the TripAdvisor top 100 i'm pretty that's pretty all coming i can't believe that look <laughs> someone's coming now okay well, let's draw something out <laughs> i wasn't prepared <laughs> yeah. um but it, it, it was fun and the guy doing the tour was um was great and he was like a real character giving us um all the info about iceland and so it must have been a year or two after the big uh, global financial crash and he was yeah. telling us about um about it and it was like oh yeah i um you guys are from England, were like, yeah, it's like, oh, I feel like you dealt with it the wrong way. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. He's like, here, we just threw everyone in prison and so yeah. we're not giving the money back. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, that is like a pretty good way to deal with it. I don't know if we'd have got away with it, but like, yeah. like <laughs> I think that was good. The same guy on our, on our walking tour said the same thing. He said, yeah, we just chucked him in prison. We accepted that our 
our credit rating abroad is going to be shit. Things are getting more expensive, but they were responsible for it. So we chucked them in prison. I'm like, yeah, fair yeah. play. Good yeah. On yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. The only country done that. Yeah. I was hoping that I'd run into like Bjork or like, uh, or I think Damon Albarn lives there, but like, no such luck, mate. Didn't see yeah, any of we, we All we knew is that they have this app where you can tell if you're related to someone or not. So, oh, um, yeah, but like a dating gap, so you don't accidentally. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess you'll get to a point where you are, but. Um, yeah. I, don't know what, I don't know what the level of acceptance is like uh 10th generation is that, is that acceptable like can we can we mingle here or yeah so that's a it's a common thing in iceland oh, man that's good that's gonna be a bummer imagine like you meet her and you, you're cracking on well and then you're like oh i guess it's time to check the app oh no you're my second cousin so sorry oh, i was too late <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting uh, but yeah but, uh, well, it's a great country because um it's always been an island is that correct uh, have I made that up? No, um, it hasn't been, hasn't actually existed for that long. It just is yeah. a volcanic island that formed like um like relatively recently. So it's never been attached um to anywhere no, else. No. Mm. I think for some reason I've done research on islands that have never been attached anywhere. I think Madagascar's another one. Really? But Madagascar's <laughs> okay. really, really old. Like it's way older than Iceland. Um and that's why it's got so many like unique um, wildlife and trees and stuff there because it's never been attached to anything so it's quite a cool thing but I don't know why I researched so I, what, I would say Galapagos as well oh yeah could is be. that right well that, that would make sense um, but I'll, I'll, I'll be making it up if I confirmed it so um but so yeah the, the um the god the you, so the, you said that the truth here about vikings <laughs> yeah so this like really annoyed me man so like one of the other things is we went on like a viking talk so obviously um like all Scandinavia is really famous for, for Vikings and stuff and Iceland particularly and um so like I'm going there I'm basically just like on the plane over just listening to um to immigrant song over and over in my head like, <laughs> expecting this to be like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Viking center right and um so we got there and we went on this Viking tour and um you go in and like in the door to this business center there's this these two statues of Vikings right with the like the horn helmets and like and, mm. uh, and the axes and everything and you go in and you walk in through a gift shop which is already like oh Classic. I feel like yeah, and um, and but in the gift shop, it's all horn helmets and axes. And then we got on the tour, and the guys like, um, oh, of course, uh, Vikings never wore horn helmets because it's like uh, someone finding them could have grabbed hold of it. It's like, but you just, <laughs> but this, this whole thing is predicated on that statue of a giant bloke into the horn hat. That's why I came in. <laughs> Great, Martin. Yeah. So like, I was a bit, and like, and it's like, oh yeah, mostly they didn't like, um, mostly they were like, um, a, like an agrarian society, so they're only like raiding places when they couldn't grow stuff which happens quite a lot in Iceland so it's pretty yeah, um, inhospitable yeah so it's like so tell me the like if you had not said Vikings if you had said this is a tour about people who wear normal hats and do farming I wouldn't have come yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> could you could you just lie to me <laughs> thing is with Iceland is so expensive there that, that might cost a bit of a, a bit of an expense right those sort of tours you'll be surprised to learn James that's another thing I didn't research <laughs> Right, okay. <laughs> and so um so we got there and i was like you know you try and get your head around when you get to a new place how much stuff costs while looking yeah. at like a familiar object and thinking right well yeah this must be the quick right so but again that's a mistake as well because i went into a shop and i was like all right milk is like i don't know six kroner or something that must be like about a pound but mm. like they haven't got any cows james it's really expensive to buy milk so that was actually <laughs> like 20 quid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i was like 
<laughs> it's like I seem to be going through this like this Krona pretty quickly, but um, presumably I'll be able to just like get more out. How put my card in the machine? How much Krona can I get for five hundred pounds? It's like I oh, have four. <laughs> like, oh no! Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's an insanely expensive place? But again, as we said before, that's because of the global crisis, right? Um, and they can't, and they and they import a lot of stuff. Yeah, they've got to import heaps of stuff. So the the Viking tour guy told us that um the way they founded the country is that um some kind of rebel Vikings decided they were going to leave. I think, I want to say Denmark, it might have been Sweden, I guess, but I'm pretty sure it's Denmark. Yeah. And he said that they got on, they were sailing around for ages trying to find a new land, couldn't find anywhere. And he got two like, uh, like mystical logs that they had brought with them for the, for the occasion, I guess. And he threw them in and he said, we're going to follow these logs until they take us to our new land, right? right. And so he, he followed them and they turned up and they, then it took them to Iceland. But I mean, if that had been me, I'd been like, this isn't, this isn't a proper country. We need to keep going. Yeah, yeah. There's like there's no foliage or anything. This is, looks like a car park on the moon. We can't found <laughs> our society here. Because <laughs> as soon as you're outside of the um, the city, it's like this is very desolate. There's literally it's nothing growing. Bland. Like it's yeah. But um. Uh, but then that guy could have made it up yeah. though, couldn't he? He could. I mean, all of it could be made up. <laughs> he, he, yeah, yeah. He's lying to you. That's a great lie. I, I believe though, because he wasn't trying to sell me souvenir logs, so he had no <laughs> yeah. motive to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wood do they no trees so how can they um, um so yeah we, that was so we, that's pretty similar i think to what the guy told us on our walking tour um and then i think it is danish because i think he i remember him saying that icelandic lang language does descend from danish language um oh, yeah. loosely um a very hard language to even understand one word oh, yeah for sure um but yeah so that this walking tour was free actually but we obviously we tipped him a few krona 200 quid and yeah. then <laughs> yeah he took us around the sites of in central Reykjavik um that's pretty decent in the end um well worth doing I think he was just doing it because he spoke really good English um but the only experience of Icelandic people for Iceland is randomly we, we bumped into four Icelandic people in Fiji I was like oh, really? wow I've never met like Icelandic people before this is a really weird experience you know like every hostel's got a German it's got an English guy it's got an Irish guy mm -hmm standard but i've met two people where i thought wow i've never met anyone that's iceland or the group of four and someone in hawaii was from panama i'm like oh yeah no men from panama before really random yeah. but this icelandic group we all, we also heard about them because yeah i'll go over the story the, one of the girls was unbelievably good looking like ridiculous and so good that other people were talking about her, like we went to one okay. island and they're like, oh, have, you, have you bumped in? Because you, you do island hopping in Fiji, it's all the same boat, same islands, you kind of see the same people. Oh, have you seen this like, group of Icelandic people? Like one, one guy's really scruffy hair, one guy's got like a hat, like two, two big, like quite big scruffs. I'm like, no, but one of the girls is unbelievably good looking. And we heard this twice, like in different islands. It's like, who are these guys talking about? And then I saw her on the main island. It's like, yeah, decent, um, very good looking. That's my only experience when you, um, of Icelandic people. When you um, when you stop to uh, to think whether you should tell the story or not, I thought that was going to end with no, but I got the app and she was my cousin. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but from Norwich, right? I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Norwich has got that same app, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's called a Viva. The Viva app. Everyone works there, and lives there, and do whatever. Um, um, but we, we did do our own kind of self-organized walking tour because after discovering the kind of exchange rate and how much we'd spent already we had to do a lot of like the free and cheap things so we got the old um guidebook out and had a walk around Reykjavik and like I, I think it's great it's like it's such a weird place they've got like 
all these amazing sculptures and stuff that um mm. and um and that big weird church that you can just go and walk around yeah which was um which, which was pretty cool did you um, um, go a night out I, we didn't go on a night out no, no well expensive um yeah and i didn't i didn't kind of feel like i was on that kind of holiday you know we were, no, we were really kind of same. sightseeing rather than them i wasn't backpacking every that was kind of a holiday we went on yeah um and uh yeah, oh, and um, did you have uh, did you have any of the hot dogs for you there, James? No, we just had uh, fish and chips, classic. Oh, you always fresh fish. Well, we got told, um, oh, you, you've got to try the hot dogs. It's the national food of of uh, of of, um, of Iceland. That's like that's. Oh, hang like on, did I? Food, but okay, sure. I think I might have done actually. Was it um, was one of the places? I don't know if you went to this place. It's like a just a hot dog van. Yeah, in Reykjavik. That's the famous one. It's down by the docks, and there's one in the city centre as well. Oh, I think I did have one at the um, at the docks. Yeah, that rings a bell now. Totally uh, that's that. quite... And um, yeah, I thought that was rare because you go there and they're like, um, "What do you want on it?" So like, what do I want on my hot dog? I, I guess like ketchup and mustard. And they're like, "No." And they point to a menu, and it's like a pizza menu. There's like kind of twenty different things. They're like, "Yeah, you can have spaghetti bolognese on there. You can have curry <laughs> on there. You can have." It's like, <laughs> "Oh, right, this is a brilliant idea." <laughs> yeah. I think the guy on the walking tour told us about it. Yeah, and we went down and had a look. Yeah, I got one from there. One of the docks, can't remember what I had, but I do remember walking down there. I was a bit, yeah, it was weird. I was underwhelmed going there. I was like, oh, this is it. And then looked at the menu, I was like, wow, yeah, that's actually overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those kind of food things that I think oh, I could like have a franchise of this in New Zealand and I think it would take off. If I was yeah. doing Mark Naughty Icelandic hot dogs, I feel like <laughs> I could make some money. It's that, it's that or a spudgy like, but I haven't got enough money for the franchise. Oh, spudgy like. <laughs> <laughs> you could rival um, Dino's Burgers. Is he still doing that? No, he packed that in, mate. That's a oh, shame because his burgers were, were elite. Like, you yeah, yeah, them. up there. Yeah. Did he make any money from that or did he just, uh, just scrapped it in because it was um, on a Saturday night, wasn't it? I, I don't know. I never examined the accounts, but I'm going to say definitely no. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But there so they It's because he's like, um, he's a real foodie. He was like a label yeah, yeah. of him. He's like, I can't get these burgers or chopped cheeses anywhere in Wellington, I'm going to show them what it is and I'm going to make them. And like, fair play to him. They fair play, yeah, gave it a go, yeah. I'll then work on my spudge like when I open it. <laughs> <laughs> spudge like that, that is one place in the UK I refuse to get anything from because I just can't deal with a mark. <laughs> yeah. I can't deal with a markup. What? Just a, one potato and a bit of curry on top? No, I can't deal with paying 10 quid for that. I'm not having it. Yeah, right. And it is 10 quid, eh? Yeah. Bad. Unbelievable. People um, to buy that. The other food that I had there was we went to like a fancy restaurant that it got recommended. And um, so I had ordered fish and chips there um, yeah. and they came and I, like, and I've had this experience in quite a lot of countries, but the first time I experienced it was in Iceland where I said, um, there was salt and pepper on the table, but I was like, I can have some vinegar please. And they looked at me like I was absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. And I was, and they were like, so you want, um, and I guess the guy was like, oh, maybe I've misunderstood this because I don't speak English or because he's done Icelandic and he's like, oh, vinegar, you want, like vinegar and I was like yes yes please for like for my chips so, okay so he wanders off and eventually he comes back with like um uh like a ramekin I guess like full to the brim with balsamic vinegar yeah he puts it on my table and I can see like the chef and someone else in the kitchen looking around the corner of the door like what is he gonna do with that <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not weird you're weird <laughs> poor chef I worked but, really um, hard to get that perfect that fish and you're gonna smash a load of vinegar oh, no, over the top right. of it <laughs> typical brick. But, um, that, that same place we went back to and had like the kind of um uh i don't want to say novelty menu but it is almost like a kind of um uh 
Heston Blumenthal type type oh, place right. where the food is kind of like artistically arranged and stuff. And they one of the and it all comes in like little tiny like tasting things. And one yeah. of them was served to our table like attached to a helium balloon that they just like it was floating about, I guess, um shoulder height, and then they just kind of like bop it and it bobbles its way over to your table. And I was like, well, this is like pretty great. But um one of the things I tried was um was whale. And I was like, oh, oh, I don't yeah. like I don't really think that you should eat whale, but they've no. already cooked it and like <laughs> Like it's, it's already a dead whale i'm not going to be here again so whatever and i was like oh so how is it how do you and i like in my head right and this is stupid but i was like it's whales so this is going to be like a massive bit of meat yeah, right? yeah. because because huge, whales huge are creatures yeah. whales are sizable they're famous for it so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're but, known for it yeah <laughs> what they served me and what i like didn't understand from the menu is it came in like a tiny little thing and i was like and in like oil and i was like okay this is more i was expecting but i guess they this is how it's done and um i tasted it and it was the most disgusting thing i've ever eaten in my life james and it turns out what they do to um to cook the whale in in this particular way this specialty is they hack chunks of it and then they bury it underground with a load of ammonia for like three months and then they're like done oh wow that sounds great yeah and it was like i could still taste it weeks later it was monstrous <laughs> i think the only thing a rival would taste like shit was i had some pork fat in ukraine Speciality there. I'll try this. What did you wrong with pork fat? Oh, absolutely grim. I nearly gagged on that. I had to like, go out, go out the, the cabin and like, just like, spit it out and not, not offend them. But... Was it cooked? No. Oh, right. Okay, I was going to say crackling. <laughs> What's wrong with crackling? Yeah, it, the, the opposite of crackling. <laughs> the opposite, when you can think of that. <laughs> on, a bit of, on a bit of like sweet bread. No, it's really grim. Yeah, that doesn't sound great, mate. Um... Uh, the only other thing I can think of from uh, from Iceland that was um, that was really good was um, the Blue Lagoon. I, I imagine you went when you were there. I, no, I didn't. I, ah. I I got a bit stick for this when I was there. So I was in a hostel called Kex. If you stayed there, um, but I was at the end of my two year trip and I was just ready to go home. So I I done the, my best for the first couple of days. Went on a tour, uh, done the walking tour in Reykjavik, all that sort of stuff. Went to see some geezers and that sort of stuff. But then. I was kind of like done, but I've actually booked like five or six days there. And I was just sleeping in the hostel, mate. I was just like, um, it's a really weird like, end of the trip. I'm just, I need to go back to home. But um, yeah, yeah. these two Canadian girls are there um, who are traveling and they're like trying to get me to go to, go, to, go to this Blue Lagoon. I was like, no, nah. I'm at the end of my trip. I'm not interested. They're like, you should go. And like, every day they get asking me, like, to give me stick because that's like, the main thing to see. So no, I, I didn't go out. I didn't go out there. But um, next time I go, I will go. Yeah, it is good. Um, I, I think that was the highlight of my trip. Um, yeah, it's, you, know, you know what it is. Hey, it's just like what, this kind of big mineral pool that you kind of float around. It's like dense enough that you kind of float on top of the water and stuff. Yeah. And they'll sell you like, um, like uh, I'm not sure what, what it was. It tastes like a lassie, like you get in Indian restaurants. Oh, yeah. Like um, baboozy. And they'll let you like, have that in the pool and just float nice. around. And it's like pretty sweet. Yeah. The, the weird thing about it, though, is you know when you go to the swimming pool normally and they're like, oh, can you shower before you go into the pool or whatever, get any dirt yeah. off you? Well, they, the Icelandic way of doing that is not mucking about. So, like, before you go in, you've got to strip naked and they, some bloke hoses you down as you go through the door. <laughs> and I was like, so I was like, I wasn't ready for this. I'm there, like, completely stargazed holding my, uh, I was like, um, oh, I was like, what, naked? And he's like, yes, yeah, naked. So I'm like, if you say so, mate, so I'm holding, like, my, uh, <laughs> my swimmers in my hand and he's just got, like, a power hose, just like, cool. okay, you can go. You better be careful there. Like, oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> Bloody hell, they don't piss about, do they? I, yeah, right. I love it. Did they um it's quite expensive though, isn't it? I don't remember now, but I mean 
I Again. would say almost certainly because everything was no point asking because you didn't plan anything. Um, yeah, I think it's about 70 euros, something like that. If I'm Ooh, I, yeah, maybe. I, I don't remember it, I don't remember it being expensive, but everything was expensive for that trip, so yeah, so it all blows into one night. Uh, but yeah, those girls kept like taking the piss out of me because like, oh, you're here in Iceland and you don't do, don't see the main thing. And I was like, look, <laughs> girls, leave me alone. I've finished, I'm ending my trip. I need to go home. I'm not seeing people for two years. Just let me be. But um, I've come to Iceland for a bit of peace and quiet. <laughs> yeah, some good water because um, it's fresh, obviously. Good fish and chips. I'm just going to chill. But um, next time I will go 100%. I did see a few waterfalls though. That was pretty decent. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Skeg, Skeg of the Foss. That's part of the tour. Yeah, that, we, we that's, went to that's ice... the famous one. Yeah, that's the famous one, right? Yeah. We went you to the tour. Like walking tour from Reykjavik, surely, because that's miles out. <laughs> no, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we went on this tour. I don't know if you've done this. Uh, we went on this boat ride amongst the ice field. So you've got all these icebergs in this, I guess it's a lake, but it could be out. Part... No, it's not part of the sea. It must be a lake. Um, and you go around these like icebergs, like huge, like the Titanic ones. You're like, wow. Um, that's part of the tour, but I don't even know what it's called or where it is, but there's that, the waterfalls, the geysers. Yeah, I don't think we saw the plates thing, the tectonic plates, didn't go there. If you if you go the right time of year, they'll let you take skidoos out on the uh, the ice cap, really. Oh, okay, right. They've got a big ice field. Um, we wouldn't have been able to go if we, even if we'd been the right time of year because it was all melted from the ice, from the volcano. <laughs> yeah, of course, um, yeah, yeah. Like, but, but you can, um, but yeah, you can hire skidoos and just like zoom, zoom around on, which is like... I reckon that's worth going back for in itself, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's lots lot more to see. I think um it's also worth getting a, a four by four out and going a bit off-road, a bit north of the country and going to see some stuff. So I'd I'd be worried about that. Every time we drove somewhere, they kept telling us like that if you break down somewhere, you'll probably die. They're like, if you if you're driving this road and you break down, you just have to like stay and like do not leave your car until someone comes and uh, mm. comes and finds you because like you'll die from exposure in like a couple of hours. It's like, oh, can we just, maybe we just go back to the hotel, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thing is, it's, it's quite harsh, isn't it? It's harsh hotel. land. Uh, I can see oh, why yeah, that would be a really is. What, why, why would someone, yeah, go on those roads unless you live somewhere? So yeah, <laughs> I can see why they would say that. <laughs> but yeah, so I'd, I'd be a bit worried driving, but um, I, I reckon if you, if you did it, you'd see some sights. Yeah, and also Northern Lights is a classic one as well, isn't it? Um, right time of year. Yeah. Um, we I went in September, so it wasn't really about. It was, it was rumours that it was starting to be about, but um, there, there were tours from the hostel, but you're kind of risking it. Uh, you you yeah. should go in December or, or January to get that sort of stuff. I imagine. I will go back and I will Google it next time, James. I promise. Maybe you do, <laughs> do a bit of planning next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Iceland, cold, done, hot lands. Right, Malaysia and Borneo. And Singapore. Um, I'm keen to talk about Borneo because uh, we've been. I've not. Oh yeah. I don't think I've spoken to anyone on the podcast who's, who has been yet, um, or even I know many people who have, who have been there at all. So keen to get your um, thoughts and experiences and stuff. Um, what do you want to start with, Borneo? Well, uh, yeah, sure, mate. If you want to. So um, Borneo, we stayed in a place I think called uh, Sepalok. Yeah, Sepalok. Yeah. Which yeah, was like um, which, which uh, the place we had was absolutely mint. It was up in the mountains you had to get driven up there yeah and it, you had these cabins that overlooked like just rainforest and it was like yeah. it's pretty pretty amazing um and just kind of hanging around the um that like that um that campsite and 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 
like on all the cabins was amazing in itself like the weather was fantastic and like you could just see for miles and miles across all these um across all these forests and it's wild so we just like spent a lot of time there we did go to the uh, orangutan century yes yeah which is pretty cool which um I, I don't know why i find it funny but like um had like, like the sign it described itself as an orangutan rehabilitation center yeah that's and right. i was like and it's got and it's got a picture of like a, of an orangutan like lying on its side all sick but with like all kind of um all kind of like um, pesticides and uh, mm. and spray cans and stuff around it, and I was like, it just made me think, when will those orangutans learn to just say no, James? Yeah. Yeah. Keep going to rehab. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to skip. But it was it was cool. <laughs> I think um... Um, I, I thought it was when. No, go on. No, go on. Uh, well, when we when we were there, as well as the orangutans, that you have to kind of go, they'll like point them out to you and do a little talk and stuff. Um, but there were just loads of normal monkeys just running around everywhere, and mm-hmm. um, which it was, the, it, was the, it was the first country I've been to where that was, um, where they're just like, oh yeah, we just have monkeys, like you know, like other places have pigeons, and um, it, it was just like so rad seeing these like monkeys just running around everywhere, and um, probably my first experience of being somewhere that was like wild, I guess. Yeah, pretty wild because we we done a tour in the rainforest. Um, oh yeah, called, oh, that was sweet. Um, Uncle Tan, he's called. He's still going. Um, he takes a, a group of people right you're on a boat on the river for a couple of hours like right in the middle of the rainforest he's got a camp there and we saw all the wild like, like crocodiles monkeys the whole lot but we saw i think we saw one orangutan bit it's like really far up in the tree we didn't really get a good view so we thought ah oh, that's a shame we'll go to Sepalock and yeah we'll, we'll see some orangutans that's a pretty cool place though like they're just unbelievable creatures aren't they just looking at them you're like oh they're kind of just like us aren't they it's just yeah, weird it's hard to like it's hard to see how, like, they are amazing when you see them, when we were watching them. So there was a, a female orangutan with like a baby on it. Mm. And it was, and um, and she was still like, like, I guess 20 feet up in the air, swinging from like branch yeah. to branch. And think like, how, how do they not just like die all the time? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, and then uh, did you see the babies as well? That I guess have been orphaned. Um, uh, might've done, I don't remember. I, I do remember one occasion. So I guess... They take in orphans when, I guess, in the wild, the the parents have been killed or whatever, and they're they're obviously grown up with humans, and they're fed milk in a bottle, classic. But I remember seeing one baby orangutan. He, you know, I think I did see. I think I saw that happening. Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, and he, they got this apparatus where they can jump around and learn how to jump and stuff. And one one of the orangutans, the baby ones, fell off, and he sort of landed on his back, <laughs> and he got up like really like feeling sorry for himself, like moping about. <laughs> And as he moped, like, moped to the edge, they sort of called him over because he felt a bit sorry for himself. You just see his <laughs> arms open up to the human. I think it's like one of the guys there. And he just like grabs him and like cuddles him. He's like, oh, that's a cool job. And he he yeah, cut an orangutan. Cool um, but yeah, that's quite a funny moment. Everyone was laughing at that because he just, the, the emotions are the same. Like if I would have fed off an apparatus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd be like, oh, I'm, a, I'm an idiot. Like, that's exactly what he felt. With a load of tourists watching, it's yeah. the worst day. Yeah, <laughs> my mates are jumping around doing tricks. I'm falling off. Um, they weren't doing tricks. I'm just making up. Um, but yeah, that I thought that place was pretty decent. I thought uh, I felt it was yeah, a good cause, sure. and it was properly funded, properly uh, kind of like I don't know what word is regulated. I guess is the word, um, and it was doing good stuff for for Borneo. It's just a bummer that they've got to do it, really. Yeah, um, that's a problem. Yeah. I, I didn't know then, like I, I'd assumed that it was um, because of hunting and stuff, but like yeah. now, of course, we know that it's because palm oil is in everything. Palm oil, like, yeah. 
which is like that's such a shit reason to like to not have orangutans yeah pummel i mean yeah, what like, is it but i think it's an everything that we have but i don't know what it is um, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. What, I've never heard of it till I found out that it kills orangutans. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm very certain I could do without it if they stop yeah. putting it in stuff. Stop, stop doing it. It's, yeah. it's an issue. It's a big issue. Um, you see when you go to Malaysia or Borneo, you'll see like swathes of lands been chopped down for palm oil. It's pretty, pretty devastating. Yeah, it's, yeah, it sucks, man. Where else did you go in Borneo? So we, that was pretty much it for us, mate. We were only there for uh, a few days. Um, yeah. So our whole trip around Asia was only, I think, about three or four months. Maybe it was a little bit longer. But um, we flew into, into Singapore. Um, didn't mm-hmm. do a great deal. Well, I'll tell you what we did do in, in Singapore is, um, is, again, here's some like some fantastic um, planning for you, mate. I, I booked our hotel and I booked it in a place. I wrote this down called um, Geylang. Have you ever been to Singapore? Yep, been a few times, yeah. Did you go to Geylang? Uh, I know that as a place in Singapore. Maybe not because it's it's the red light district. James. Yeah, that's why I, my, that's why my, I was that's why cautious. My I was cautious going. I think I know that place. <laughs> yeah. So when we got there, like we um we uh, got in the taxi from the airport, and um it's because it's like late at night. Get in, and I say um oh yeah, this is the name of my hotel, and the guy goes looks at me, looks at my girlfriend, and goes, Gay Lang. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, and he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And so off we go. We get there, and it, like to be honest, it wasn't that bad. We went out in the in the night anyway, really. But it did feel a bit dim. We we're in a hotel where we had a room, and I was like, "Oh, I think these are typically rented by the hour rather than the week." So we've been like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but one of the things, and you would have seen this in Singapore, and you're there, hey, um, is it took me a, a day to figure out what it was. But all, but in the taxi and all in the hotel were just all these signs that looked like they were saying no pineapples. It was just like a Ghostbusters type sign with like a weird yeah. kind of thing in it. And across, yeah. I was like, what on earth could they be banning? Like, this is mad. And it turns out that it's that, um, oh, what's that, Fruca Durian. Yes, yeah, it smells bad, right? Oh, it smells like nothing else on earth. And it's yeah. like, and it um, and it's a smell that just kind of seems to expand to fill up for like whatever space it's been put into. And so like, you go somewhere where they where someone's eating one and you can smell it from like half a mile away. And it's yeah. like, oh, wow, this it's, is like. It's bad stuff. I've made this rule when we went backpacking as well that I was like, right, if someone offers me something to like something to eat, I'm going to eat it regardless of what it is. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm just going to like I don't want to be one of these people who goes on holiday and then just has macos and like yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean? um, and that led to eating some pretty horrifying stuff. But durian <laughs> was durian was the worst. I think I, was, I never and, had it. Um, is it. Is it that bad? As I say, it's oh, it's it's a very strange taste, man. It's like it's almost like if you dialed up a melon to ten thousand. <laughs> And, uh, and it's, it's, it's bad, but they were everywhere said, like, look, if you can get used to the taste of um, of melon, oh, of durian, then um, then the locals will love you because, like, you can sit down and eat durian with them and, like, everyone will be like, oh, this is, like, a this guy's cool. And, <laughs> yeah. um, so I, tr- I tried it a couple of times, even though I hated it the first time. I was like, people eat this, like, all over the place. It, it can't be, like, it's not, like, a joke food. It's, like, people mm. are into this, so it must be, like, something to yeah. it. But I, I just couldn't do it. Mate, and I was like, I'm only giving it here for a week and a bit. Like, I'm just going to, they can hate me, I guess, because I'm not going to learn how to eat this good fruit. <laughs> I thought, if it smells that bad, I'm, I'm not going to eat it. No chance. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never tried it. I, I tried to have the same attitude with the, the food thing. I've eaten some shit stuff in my time. Um, was, uh, was the pork fat the worst? Or? It, pork fat is still the worst. Yeah, yeah, still the worst. Um, I'll tell you what, was the weirdest thing I ate was a cricket. Um, oh, yeah. Where, where was that? That was Vietnam. Um, because they're, they're, boil- they're boiled or killed, whatever, boiled as is. So it's like when you're eating it, like you stare into its eyes, you're like, oh yeah, that is it. 
it's not like chicken breast where yeah you, right you, you, you don't see his eyes looking at you going oh what are you don't eat me like this cricket was the, like there it's like, oh yeah it's a bit weird eating it um but yeah a bit, bit of sweet chili sauce you're on to a winner if you're getting used to it though james like insects are the food of the future we'll be eating that anyway. <laughs> yeah i know yeah but left. <laughs> with, with palm oil on the top i think <laughs> yeah man um so yeah we weren't there very long um i quite liked singapore but there wasn't really all that much um nando's i thought like do you know i didn't even see nando's oh, twice when Mate. twice when there nando's um what i did think was pretty funny was um we went to like i had a couple of like weird experiences in train stations because i was like they're really really strict about stuff in train stations for some yeah. reason so they had the the steps that go up to the, the platform we wanted to get to had all these kind of things that seemed like they're out of all these slogans that were like out of some dystopian like 1984 novel they're all yeah. like we are all climbing the steps to public fitness <laughs> and i was like <laughs> oh is that what i'm doing and stuff like that and it's like walk walk for health walk up and i'm like oh like this is pretty mad so i went to take a photo immediately got like screamed at for like no photos in the train station mm. i was like okay fine i'll like i'll just do it sneakily when you're not looking but like they just didn't take my they didn't take their eyes off me to allow me to do it so i don't have a photo of that still and then when i got on the train um it was like roasting heat it must be like 40 degrees and like we're on this train and i'm like sweating buckets and i've got a bottle of water with me and i'm, I'm drinking it and uh, the train conductor who looks like a police woman she's got like a truncheon and stuff mm. comes up to me and just starts shouting something at me and i like i don't i'm like i don't understand i'm sorry like what, what yeah. are you telling me to do and she starts like bashing my hand it's got like the water bottle in it and i was like what what do you like it's, it's water like it's not i'm not drinking on a train and she's like no food no drink and i was like it's water and she's like no drink it's like <laughs> Fuck, I've never been to a thing where you can't have water before. All right, sure. Like, I'll just, like, don't hit me. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to a train station, uh, yeah, when I, when I went there, it's a weird experience. But when, I looked like, I think I don't know why, but just behind me in the corner, and he's got this guy in a mask, almost in a mask, with this, like, massive, like, gun, just in the corner, like, almost, like, yeah. camouflaged away. Like, fuck, like, yeah, these guys don't fuck about here. But yeah, right. it's a weird place. It's, it's, a, it's a clean organized place but i guess un the undercurrent would be just you've got these like yeah women with truncheons on the metro to hang on to <laughs> water <laughs> it's also I, I smoked at the time so like it was like any time you came out of the train station there were people selling cigarettes for like 20p a, a pack so it's like oh, i was in black lung paradise chains so <laughs> yeah. a, a nice change from iceland <laughs> <laughs> god that's like, that's like the opposite of iceland isn't it <laughs> yeah. yeah interesting did you got the uh Marina Bay Sands, the big hotel. There's like, there's like a cruise no, ship. We, no, we didn't. I saw that. We went to um, went to Raffles to have a Singapore. Oh, yeah, show. Raffles. The, yeah, classic. Yeah. Thing. And we looked at going up that place, but it's quite expensive just to go up there and um, and potter about because we wanted to go up. I think I think that bit on the top is um, it's got a big infinity pool, eh? Yeah, that's part of the hotel. But to the right of it, yeah. you can get, get a drink at the bar, but you're paying extortionate prices. Um, yeah, you've got you two go choices. You, yeah, you can, you can either pay for a ticket, which costs $20, um, and you go up to the platform, get a few photos. They've got, they got plastic over the edge, so you can't like obviously jump over or fall off. So <laughs> that's a shit photo, isn't it? You've got to take a, a photo for the plastic. Um, yeah. Or you can go to the bar and buy Corona for $16 and then sort of take a picture above that. It's elevated a little bit more. And you get a, like, a view of the city. So that's probably the best option. Oh, mate, uh, like I hate stuff like that where it's like, um, oh, we've got to have this thing that impedes your, your, what you want to do um, for safety. But coincidentally, if you give us some more money, it's safe without it over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there you on. go. Um, um, it's worth yeah, doing no, if good. people want to want to check it out. Um, and then you can pop into the casino downstairs where Singapore residents have to pay $50 to go in. 
because they're trying oh, really? to discourage it. Yeah. You have to have a passport with you. Um, any Singaporeans got paid to get in to casino. So not only are they losing money in the casino, but they've already lost money at the start. So uh, it's a bit of a bummer, isn't it? So, well, I mean, that kind of feels very like Singapore to me that they're like, we know this is bad, so we don't want people who live here to do it, but you yeah. guys come come right in. <laughs> then you come. <laughs> <laughs> but um, don't expect yeah, me dollar tables, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then we got the train that goes direct from Singapore straight into Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. Is that how you, did you travel that way? Or uh, bus, you got bus. By bus. Yeah. Um, so that train was my introduction to uh, to squat toilets. And okay. Traveling right. like traveling like sixty miles an hour and <laughs> no. trying to find the toilet on this train that takes like five hours to get into KL. Pardon me. And it's like oh, like walking for ages down this massive train. And it's like oh, I found the toilets and it's literally like there's a hole in the floor. Yeah. Like of this moving train and like a thing and I was like I don't don't know that I'm going to achieve this. <laughs> <laughs> Just hope you don't you don't have the shits because that's it's a problem. Oh, yeah, right, man. I was, I was like, I'm going to have to get down low enough to this, and I'm worried I'm going to fall onto the track. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had the, uh, in, in India, I had the shits uh, when I was visiting, um, it's called Bodh Gaya, it's a place in India where Buddha's enlightenment tree is there. You can go and see it. Um, very holy place, but I, I must have ate something. I was like, going around this tree, and I was like, shit, it's coming. Uh, I was a little bit too late, actually, to the toilets. I had to throw away my boxer shorts. But oh, no. all you want in that situation is just a Western toilet. But they're all squat. And I thought, you know, quite a touristy place. They might have a Western toilet. All squat. I just didn't have to deal with it. Um, very stressful. And I was like trying to take a modium and stop it all. But yeah, grim, grim I mean, scenario. I was going to say, like, if you if you had a, st- <laughs> I was wondering where that story was going. And I was like, if you've got a story where you accidentally shat on someone's sacred tree and you hadn't told me, I'd be furious. <laughs> you know, that's the first thing you should say when you meet someone. Is I went to India, yeah. accidentally shat on a sacred tree. <laughs> no good. Yeah. You, you know, like, you sort of like remembered. Oh, oh yeah. I'm enlightened. Yeah, you know that tree. Yeah, I shat there. Oh, right, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I don't think them. <laughs> I don't think the Buddhists like that too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my experience of um, having a shits with, with an Asian toilet. So, or squat yeah, toilet. I, I, I got away with that. I think I would. Um, yeah, I think I would struggle. <laughs> um, and then strength to KL. Strength to KL, um, which was which was fun. I mean, I don't think. I don't know if I'd, if someone was asking me where should I go traveling, I don't think I'd say go KL. It's not like amazing. Yeah, I don't mind it. Places, but anyway, yeah. It's fine. Um, it's like kind of just a big city, although it's got like all kind of jungly stuff around it. Yeah. I, like I couldn't believe how hot it was. Yeah. Because um, we got the train and then we got a taxi from the train straight to the hotel. And so we'd only been in places that were air conditioned basically mm. the whole time. And so it was, we, and it, and it was the morning as well. So we like hung about in the hotel for a bit and we're like, right. So, had lunch let's go out for a walk walk down and wearing jeans and a t-shirt like the doors of the uh the hotel open and we stepped out and it was like it's not just hot it's like it must be like like 90 percent humidity or something stifling isn't it and walked out and i was like oh no i've worn the wrong clothes for staying alive i need to go and like change immediately into it's like it's something else and like and also <laughs> figure out and also i don't think we're going to go anywhere for like three or four hours because this is madness yeah i think um, um singapore is the same very hot yeah. stifling hot like Ooh. different level um yeah um, I, mem- I remember like because i was backpacking i didn't really have any warm clothes anyway so i got away with it but if i had jeans oh yeah nah. mate i tell you, i didn't get like much wear out of them that holiday <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so the worst i did like some pretty cool things in, in KL. so there's like um 
there's a lot of like uh, I went to the the street markets. The street markets were red. Yep. Um, and I was because I was like by this time I've been in Australia for six or seven months and then on the road for like uh, a month or two. And so the clothes I brought from home were getting a bit tatty. And I was like I can't wait till we get to the uh, to this place with the markets because I'm going to go and spend twenty bucks and go and get myself like a new wardrobe full of fake Nike stuff. Right? Yeah. And um, so I went down there, but for some reason the stuff that they sell is like. I think they've pitched it too high, right? So it's like, I, I think people believe that I was wearing, like, if I bought a fake Nike shirt, I think people would believe I was wearing a Nike shirt, but they were selling, <laughs> like, like designer, they're like Armani suits and stuff. It's like, no yeah. one's going to, like, I put, I found such a lap near, so I ended up buying, like, this watch that was, like, um, a fake, like, Omega watch, and I was like, oh, this is pretty sweet. I'm going to, like, find out what, like, a real one costs. The real one is, like, 20 grand, and it's, like, the, the watch that Bond wears in one of the films. So I was like, <laughs> and no one's going to, I don't think anyone's going to believe that I'm, like, rocking this, like, <laughs> 20 grand watch with my like tatty trainers and like <laughs> I mean I, I mean like Puma boxer shorts yeah probably not yeah. Puma I'll deal with it but like yeah, these yeah. Gucci or Armani suits yeah yeah you know laugh aren't you but it's part of the my fun my brother was telling me that yeah my brother was telling me he went there once like an um went on, on a holiday and he was like walking around and he saw like this big pile of like trainers I guess I don't know what they're Adidas Nike whatever and he was like oh sick I'll get like I'll, I'll find a pair if I kind of care that they're fake and um, he was said to the bloke, like, have you got a size 10? He's like, no, I don't. And um, so he's like, oh, looking through the pile. He's like, oh, these say size 10. And the guy goes, the number means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, so that was that was pretty sweet. And then um, we went to, uh, there was like this weird place that was like, I would say animal sanctuary, but there's no way it was a sanctuary. It was like a kind of petting zoo for like exotic animals. Oh, and okay. Like weird animals. So we went in there and um, there was like, there was a toad with two heads. That was, that is like that kind of exotic. Yeah. It was a toad, it might have been a tortoise. I can't remember. I remember we called it Thinky and I found that really funny for the entire <laughs> holiday. <laughs> um, and there was, they had this massive like yellow snake. I guess it was like a python of some kind. Mm. And um the guy was like, do you want to hold this snake and we'll take a photo? And I was like, uh, and it, it is like, it's, it's enormous. Like it's two or three meters long, mm. huge, great thing. And I was like, oh, I get, like, how do I hold it? And it's like, come here and put it over my shoulders like this. So I'm wearing it like a giant kind of uh, like scarf, I guess. And uh, he takes a photo and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like I, they must've trained that snake. We carry on walking around here, like all this shouting and we turn around someone else has done it. And uh, the snake has started wrapping its tail around their leg and the guy's uh. battling it with, with a, with a <laughs> flip flop going like, get off, get off. And I was like, oh, you haven't trained it at all. You're just making it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, imagine that. Oh, it's like, a weird, oh, it's a weird, there must be a weird sensation because it's not like a bite where you think, is that venomous? Is that going to kill me? This python is, you just know, if it keeps going, that leg is not going to exist in like, I don't know, an hour's yeah, time. Just, and you can't do anything about I it. <laughs> I wouldn't have the first idea how to fight a giant snake, James. <laughs> That's one of life's great it, mysteries. <laughs> Yeah. I think if a bear came at me, I wouldn't win a fight with a bear, but I would know where to start. I'd like try and punch it or something. Can you, where would you punch a snake? You've got to go for the, for the face? Or yeah, I just... guess you have. But then it might, it might just bite you anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a great question. So... I, I didn't think I'd be asked that question today. It's <laughs> um... <laughs> my homework for you, mate. Yeah. Um, so at the end of that like that little walkway, it takes you into like a, um, a bit of uh, jungle that's just in the middle of the city that you can walk mm. around and they give you a little tour of, um, of stuff that you can see and one of the things they said as we were walking around we'd already started the tour and they're like oh we might see some jungle cats and I was like there are, there are fucking lions in here like what what are yeah. we doing walking around but then they're like oh there's one like a little bit later and they pointed 
jungle cats. It's just like a house cat, but it just lives oh, in the jungle. Right. And I was like, oh, right, like a jungle cat, not a jungle cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I literally thought they were like, why are we walking around here? Are you telling me that there is a panther here somewhere? Like, we're all going to die. <laughs> I saw that. I saw it. I saw the snakes you thought were safe. There's no way that you're going to no. like <laughs> figure out leopards. <laughs> I don't think we we even saw a bit of that place. I think any zoo is off the limits for us. But um, yeah, but, um, strange. I got super lucky with I got super lucky with another animal experience there because um, there was this woman who was like, it's all photo ops, man. Everyone's got an animal yeah. that they want to charge you to take a photo with, right? Yeah. And um, so this woman had like some kind of uh, some kind of lizard. I guess it was like an iguana or something, um, like big old thing. And she had two of them, and they were they were super well trained. She could get them to like to come up to her and stuff. And she was like, "Oh, do you want to hold these for a photo, or whatever?" I was like, oh, "I'd love to." Because I like, love lizards. So there's a photo of me like with a massive like cheesy grin on my face holding this lizard. Like, can you check this out? Can you believe what I'm doing? And got back and talking to people at the hotel, and I was like, "Oh yeah, today was sick. I met this lizard." Blah blah blah. And uh, the woman was like, "Oh, you shouldn't really do that because what um what it is is uh, they get you to hold the lizard and look at the camera, and someone comes and picks your pocket." <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh well." They didn't do mine, so this is yeah, not yeah, yeah. my experience with the lizards at all. Like, I'm <laughs> happy. <laughs> but yeah, one to watch out for because, like, all this stuff that you think when you're wet behind the ears, like, haven't traveled much, and you're like, you go somewhere, someone's being nice. You don't think, oh, I, I need to still keep my wits about me in case I get robbed, but you definitely do. I think, I don't, yeah, I don't want to say this explicitly, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think after a while in Asia, you do have that in your back of your mind. You question, uh, why do they want? To stand there or do that or hold this or go there you start to because you just kind of hear the stories and in, in hostels like, oh yeah i got robbed the other day blah blah, blah. yeah so it, it kind of makes you a bit more aware i think for me malaysia probably not uh, i think i'd be a bit more relaxed but maybe that's definitely something like thailand or or um uh, yeah maybe thailand the most actually or bali for example i'll be like ah, oh, a bit suspicious uh, it sounds quite bad but it's just it's just reality you've got to be like switched on a little bit because I, um, the first thing I saw, one of the first things I saw in Asia was when the, the girl in Vietnam and her backpack, um, her, her bag got snatched off her by two guys on a moped. It, right. light, lightning fast, no time to react, gone. And she was in tears, like all her stuff was in there. And yes, yeah, so it's got to be, your wits has got to be about you, really. Yeah, mate. I, like, um, yeah, I never like experienced anything like that in Asia. I think I just like, just got very lucky. Or it could be, my instinct that uh, everyone is going to rob me just from living in Plymouth was like honed to, uh, to an acceptable amount that, uh, <laughs> that, I, that I was okay. <laughs> yeah, Plymouth's got a lot to answer for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so then from there, we went to one of my favourite places that I've been to, um, Lang- Langkawi. Yeah, Have I've actually never been. Go? No, never been. Oh, I think you'd love it, mate. It's all kind of like pristine beaches yeah. and like an island. And it's really, well, I say pristine beaches. There's a bit of a scandal when we were there, right? Because they rely on tourists going in. And one of the big attractions is the beach and the sea. Yeah. But they'd had like um, all of the guides and internet articles were saying, oh, don't go this year. There's this massive infestation of jellyfish. And it's not like, um, and it's not like it's a kanji or box jellyfish or anything that will like just kill you outright mm. or whatever but they're like there's so many that you could like easily get incapacitated in the sea by jellyfish oh, and drown like yeah. far out so they had they'd done this stunt where i think the mayor or like some public official had gone out with a fishing crew and come back with like ten thousand jellyfish in a net <laughs> and gone look we we've caught all the jellyfish and but all the people going like no like if you were able to catch that many that only means that there's like far more than we realized to, <laughs> yeah exactly to yeah. there's no there's no way you got all of the jellyfish <laughs> in the sea yeah <laughs> i've completed sea. it so i've completed jellyfishing <laughs> 
I've done it. <laughs> so, um, so we didn't swim in the sea, but um, there's loads of stuff to do because you can go on like an island hopping tour. Yeah, and um, and there's there's monkeys everywhere there as well, which is like as my boy picked up. It's like a big deal for me, man. I love that there's like just monkeys all over these face. And we um we got off the the first boat, and we just hear this like this little kids like wailing. We turn around, and this um this monkey has grabbed a Snickers bar that he was eating out of yeah. his hand, and it, and it's gone to stand like a meter away from him, and it's just eating it in his face. <laughs> it's like looking him in the eyes, like num num num. It's like ah. Uh, <laughs> top absolute, monkey behavior. Absolute bastards they are. But then they nicked my crisps and barley. I got really annoyed. The, the, the second I was at the taxi, had Chris in my hand, was really hungry, gone. They all split it all open, they all shared it amongst themselves and had no chance. Should have hoid yeah. him in the sea, like? Yeah. <laughs> I was so, um, the, the, so, well, you definitely like it then, mate, because the next island we went to, they've got like a lagoon that you can, you trek through like a little wood forest thing and then you yeah. get to a lagoon and you can swim in it, right? And on the way up there, there's monkeys everywhere. And there's a little stand at the start of the pad that says like buy monkey repellent here. And I was like, oh, I guess we need to get this. These these must be like wilder monkeys or whatever. Yeah. So I went over to them and I was like, do I do I need this? And they're like, oh yeah, if like there's an aggressive male monkey, you need to use it to get rid of them. And I'm like, oh, it's like a spray. Uh-huh. And they're like, no, it's a slingshot. They they handed me a slingshot. And they're like, yeah, if, if like if one is like kind of looking aggressive at you, you need to fire a stone at it. And I was like, right. okay. I don't know that I could do that, but okay sure i'm gonna keep this for a good story and just hope no monkey yeah. comes me on the way up this walk because i don't think that i could fire like a dennis the menace catapult it like a <laughs> at a monkey <laughs> i think i could i don't know yeah i mean after the crisp mate, i feel like you could <laughs> be out for revenge if I only think, you'd had your catapult with you i think i'd justify it because i'm in their land and you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's fair game here you know what i mean like You've got the home turf. <laughs> you've, you've got you've got the numbers. You've got the, you've got definitely numbers on your side. Like you can get a group together here. I'm I'm fucked. But if this is one of them, yeah, I can maybe fire something at it. It's for a laugh. Like the predator for monkeys. <laughs> yeah. But they, you know, I get it. Like yeah, we're we're in their territory, so I can see why. I think you have to be careful with like taking pictures and stuff as well. I think at your camera, that classic stuff as well. Oh yeah, they'll they'll have that off you like in a in a second, eh? Yeah, sell that on the black market. Well, um, um, what else did you do in Lankari? Is it just beach action, I guess? Yeah, that that was that that was that was really just kind of a, a beach holiday bit of the um, yeah of the trip, which was and it was like yeah, it was rad. And uh, oh, but one of the weird things is we did go out a few times, right? And we went to um, to uh, not exactly nightclubs, but bars where like it was open late at night and there were people dancing and playing music mm. and stuff. And one thing that I thought was really weird is a couple of times people like just random people that like like local come up to me like um do you want to buy any drugs right and i when you arrive in malaysia as you come through like the um the customs thing there's just like 20 foot tall words everywhere and it's like how is happening in a country that's like this strict on drugs that like you've gone up to a, i could be anyone you've just gone up to a stranger and gone like um would you like a death sentence <laughs> yeah like absolutely yeah. mad which i thought was like pretty weird but i guess guess backpack as a backpack is hey you must be able to make enough money off it that like it's worth risking literally being killed it's the same that's why i found bali really weird like that is prevalent um everywhere but when you when you come through the airport it's like yeah drugs death sentence I'm like yeah. okay but then it's so like blade like blase open in, in you know like down one street yeah some geezers there that's mad eh? deal with it. well if someone told me in bali I haven't been, so you might have to tell me if this is true. Someone told me in Bali that like the drug dealers work with the cops, and so they'll plant something in your bag or sell it to you, and then the 
the cop will come and search you and you'll have to pay him a bribe to get out of it. And yeah, like, classic all, like They give a kick, give a kickback to the guy. It's like, oh, I don't want to have to think about this stuff and I'm on an island holiday, man. This is like it, too much. It's, it's that and even like if you want to get a moped and drive out to the good parts, you've got to be careful on the roads. As soon as they see you like a backpacker, they'll stop and like search you or it's just, it's that all the time. That's why I just didn't like it. I just couldn't yeah, deal with it. Enough, um, I actually thought uh, some places in Thailand might might be a bit like that was like enough, but Bali was a different level. Like never felt comfortable there and didn't like it. Fair enough. Um, and then we went to, uh, oh yeah, in, in more excellent planning by me, mate. We went to a place called the Cameron Highlands. We yeah. went to Penang actually, let me tell you about Penang first. So went to Penang and we were only there for a day or two. Um, and we'd gone there specifically because people said the food was so good. Yeah. And um, and they're not wrong. It's unbelievable, man. It's so good. Yeah. I um I had a a bargy from a um from a food store, and I was walking around one day, and I swear I've spent the rest of my life trying to find that bargy again, man. It was like, <laughs> it, like it, I, I, every time I go to any kind of restaurant that sells them, I'm like, can I have the bargy? Will it taste as good as the one from that <laughs> fateful day in in Penang? But I've, I've never. I'm still searching, man. I'm gonna have to learn how to make it myself, I guess. But yeah, um, all, the, the, all the food we had there was wild. Unreal food. Uh, Laksa, Penang curry, the whole lot. Oh, yeah, mate. Oh, too good. Um, I like the whole thing of having, like, the, like, a lot of Asia, like, of having, like, fried chicken for breakfast. Like, I don't know who came up with that, but it's, like, it's a top idea and we should adopt it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> breakfast is a weird one in Asia. I I go Western, if I can, in the hostel, have a bit of toast, because I can deal with maybe two meals a day. Apart from India, the only place I had like Indian breakfast is like Dow or whatever or, or whatever. Yeah. Or Adam for example. But yeah, in, in Southeast Asia, for me, it was, I couldn't deal with their breakfast for me. I, I know what you mean, man. I think like even when I was, because even trying not to be like a idiot Western tourist who just eats his own food, he only eats his own like sandwiches and stuff. I feel like even if you're trying to be adventurous, you've got to, you've got to get a breakfast you trust down you first yes yeah like to set you up for the rest of the day if you start with something <laughs> bad then you're like well today's a ride-off then i'll just yeah. like, try again tomorrow <laughs> yeah um that was a staple in in sort of like any hostel with breakfast we're in 100 done yeah but penang okay. is great though because it's, it's quite um yeah it's got obviously great food options it's, it's a bit arty it's a bit um mm. there's more going on there like i can imagine land curry is just beach because I didn't go, but I guess Penang has got a bit more to it. Yeah, I think so. And like, we were only there briefly, but like it was, it was a fun place to walk around. Yeah, like there was, was a lot of um, public art. Now you mentioned it, that, um, yeah. it's pretty cool. Even if you, even if you're on a budget and you just like your activities are going to be just walking around. Yeah, you can do you could do that all day and eat and probably only spend like four or five bucks. Yeah, yeah. And like and that's and that's like a good day. You know, that's a fun day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, um, Cameron Highlands. It, we we didn't go there. <laughs> right, so. So um, we went like, oh, this was a trip, man. So we like to, to get there, you have to get a bus, um, yeah. like a mini bus that the bloke comes and drives you. And um, it was the guy from, I don't know if he worked for the, the hotel or if he worked for a lot of hotels, but basically he drove like between Cameron Highlands and Penang back and forth every day, like all day. And I think it's about a four hour to a four hour drive. And he would just go in there and back and you have to go up a mountain and then down the other side to do yeah. it. And he's off done it a thousand times ten thousand times so he's like absolutely blase about it he's like driving like he would on a sunday afternoon he's got like a his arm out the window he's got a <laughs> cigarette on the go but he's going like 100 miles an hour and we're there's like a like a hundred meter drop like oh. two centimeters to our left and in this like rickety old van that feels like it could fall apart any minute and like and it's a long drive and it's all like that and so we're just there mm-hmm. for the whole time just like 
this might be how it ends <laughs> <laughs> and like i just see this bloke at the front just absolutely like not a care in the world just like bored with this like what is the like the scariest thing i've ever done that's <laughs> what <laughs> so we got to um to cameron highlands and we're staying in this hostel and like one of the big problems of going with with starting to travel when you're older is like tolerance for like for young people talking nonsense is like is very low um yeah. and so we, we sat there in this hostel it was, it was a bad hostel to start with um like uh, when we got there like all the bedding on our on our bed was wet and it's like oh can we have like dry stuff and they're like oh no it's just like humid it's like this is no these are like can't sleep in wet sheets like that that will make <laughs> you sick <laughs> and they're like, oh. so they only got us a blanket and it's like it's like but the mattress was still wet and like well i guess i'll just sleep on top of this blanket in my clothes and i guess so we're already like in a, in a mood we sat downstairs like um having a beer in the bar and in the common area some bloke has slung up a hammock right across the middle of the the of the common area right yeah um, and i was like oh cool there's like a hammock but then i went over to have a look at it and there's a sign in like massive letters where he's handwritten don't effing touch my hammock <laughs> and i was like well take it down then and so like and then we're, we're sat i'm already in a bad mood from both those things and i'm sat listening to these uh to these um i was gonna say kids but they're like probably 20 21 mm. and they're talking about like um going to buy vietnamese fisherman trousers right and um like, I, I think when you're in a country if you're staying in a country like it's legit to buy clothes that people there wear right yes. because they're just yeah. like unless they're kind of like ceremonial or religious clothes or something they're probably just the most practical clothes for the environment right mm -hmm. so like a lot of, a lot of people in these kind of um very moist asian countries wear these trousers because i'm not sure if they're waterproof or if they're just still comfortable to wear when they're wet yeah like, cool fisherman trousers, right? yeah and so um but they're there talking and one of them is like <laughs> and it's like i'm not sure whether i should buy these vietnamese fisherman trousers from the from the store in town or if i should get them from the market which of them do you think is more authentic and it's like you you're you're from Swindon, like, like they're, they're not to be authentic. You're not a Vietnamese fisherman. Like wearing them is de-authenticizing them. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So like, <laughs> so in a big mood, like um, I've been ranting at my girlfriend. She's written a review on TripAdvisor, and she's mentioned like it's a bit of a weird place. Like this um, there's a hammock slung up that you think would be for like communal use, but yeah. someone's written this big sign on it going like, fucking right, <laughs> right? And so <laughs> I was looking for it today to um. <laughs> I was looking, trying to find the name of this hostel today, and I found that TripAdvisor review. It's still up online, <laughs> 2011, Brilliant. and like the people after it have um, have like people have commented on it, right, or have oh. wrote their own reviews. And yeah. it's obviously the people that we were talking to that we didn't like uh. because they've like they've had a few things. So one of them is like, ignore the other reviews. I asked about the hammock sign, and the Canadian guy had a hilarious story behind it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right, mate. And then, yeah. right, so my girlfriend at the time is from Manchester, right? And but yeah. like, I'm certain that this next one is about her. So this guy's talking about how amazing the uh, the thing is, and I think it might even have been his hammock, right? Yeah. And uh, it's gone. The Scouse girl was a bit of a slack packer. It needed to be taken with a pinch of salt. Slack <laughs> <laughs> packer. Oh, so good. And so I've been down a rabbit hole this afternoon, Joe, just um, just reading all the reviews of this place because he goes on to say it's like a little uh, novel, mate. He goes on to say, um. My fiance was uh, was famous around the place for her fire twirling displays in the car park, is what he says, right? And a, but I had already read a couple of uh, reviews on that someone someone unrelated is wrote there was this nutter who kept burning stuff in the car park. It's like I I know that was her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, we were only there for a couple of days. And what you're supposed to do in Cameron Highlands is go and see the tea fields. Okay. Um, yeah. But we were there for two days and it absolutely hammered down both days so we didn't get to go. Yeah. And I think we'd actually booked for a week, but we're just like, 
should we just should we just go this isn't very good mm. yeah we, we we didn't bother this wasn't really on our radar Cameron Highlands um but weirdly in Borneo on our trek up to the mountain yeah a couple of people from Kuala Lumpur the Malaysians told us to go there but we're like nah um I don't know it Cameron Highlands I think is yeah, it's got tea fields. Yeah, if you want to see some tea fields, but I don't really know. You could probably do some hiking, I imagine. But um, oh, I mean, I think it, it pretty much is the only thing to do. You can go yeah. and see like um, you can go and see like a native village. But I always think stuff like that is a bit voyeuristic. I don't want to it's a bit commercial look at like, well. people and be like, yeah, I don't go there and be like, oh look at these people. Imagine like they don't even have like a telly. It's like, well, well I feel like a dick doing that too. Let's send me Coca Cola a minute ago. So I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, I've done that, been there, done that in Thailand. But um is Yeah, there... so so just to finish on Malaysia, did you go anywhere else? Because just a conscious of time. Uh, yeah, no, I think that was uh, I think that was it for Malaysia, mate. So I can uh, give you a quick rundown of my experience in the Philippines if you yes. go if you like. Yeah, okay, and then sweet. I, I do want to touch on you've got you, you sent me a great article that I want to talk a little bit about. <laughs> um yeah, mate, no worries. Yeah. So I, I, can, I can skip some of the stuff in my notes about the Philippines. I'll just give you a, a breakdown because it was, it was pretty sick, man. I loved the Philippines, but that was like a real holiday holiday, right? So yeah. we were supposed to be going to Thailand, um, but there was floods and we weren't sure if we were going to be able to go or if we'd be able to do anything. Yeah. So last minute before we booked the tickets, my girlfriend at the time remembered that she went to school with someone whose family lived in the Philippines. Yeah. So she did this little Facebook thing like, oh, do you reckon like, <laughs> she's like oh, do you reckon um, they'd be able to show us around or whatever knowing that this woman would be like no you have to come stay with us but like <laughs> it worked perfectly so like so they were in like quite a posh part of manila they're in like a kind of gated community yeah and they had like a, a, a not like a servant but a, but kind of like a, a guy who like drove for them and like did like little tasks and stuff and so they're yeah. like oh this guy will like take you around everywhere and we're like this is the best but um <laughs> but they, but then again and with the undercurrent and stuff and they're like but don't go anywhere without him and don't go anywhere where you can't see him because like you are not safe walking around in manila it's like oh, oh okay well wow oh well still it was it was pretty good manila was okay it was just very busy and very hot yeah but then we um we hopped on a plane and went to boracay yeah if you've been yeah yeah, yeah. i haven't like, been but yeah no uh, quite touristy but it's like yeah. but it's beautiful man it's like this is the kind of for me that is the quintessential like island paradise it's like mm -hmm. white sand blue seas these sunsets like everything is like dirt cheap. But I, I went into a, in fact, I went into a, a shop in Boracay and um, thinking like when we first arrived, thinking, oh, this is super cheap. They get a bottle of rum for like $1. Yeah. And like a bottle of Coke to mix with it was more expensive than buying <laughs> yeah. the bottle of rum that they make on the island. It's bad. And um, I was, so I was at, the, at the counter and I was like, oh, can I have a 20 Marlboro light, right? I smoked. And the guy was like, oh yeah, that's like five bucks or something. And I was like, oh, that's not that cheap, but okay. Mm. Getting the five bucks. He gave me 20 packets of Marlboro light. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm still doing the maths. Yeah, I'm no. still doing the maths here. Uh, <laughs> I was like, wow. yeah, no, that is pretty cheap. Yeah, that's that's not bad, is it? So that was wild. Um, like I, I could talk to you for days about the Philippines, mate, but it's all kind of holiday stuff. The only like, um, like the only really funny thing that I, I remember is getting to our to our hotel, which was right on the beach, and again, cost nothing, man. The Philippines is just it's the best. Yeah, never been. Um, I need to go. It's called like Friends Friends Hostel, I think, or Friends Hotel. And um, our door had this like this plaque on it that was like um, that was basically like a uh, um, a disclaimer about if you brought hookers back. So it's like <laughs> if you have any uninvited guests for any reason and they happen to 
rob you or you're unhappy with how like your day went we're, we're not take we're not getting involved so like just you think about what you're doing before you. yeah it's like like i've never been to a hotel that had like a hooker policy before that's like <laughs> it must happen enough that, that like reception like i'm sick of trying to get money back from prostitutes yeah doing this complaints complaints galore yeah. <laughs> there's someone in um, hr at the, ho- at the hotel who deals with those complaints every day so yeah they come up with a policy right i'm not having any more Sort of shout. Can I um, can I tell you about the uh, the Hobbit House or is that um, is that a bit risque for your podcast? No, you, you crack on. Okay, so the Hobbit House um is the, so there's loads of great places to eat in um in um Boracay as well. So yeah, you can wander around and again just like eat. Um, our hotel served great food and so yeah, it was pretty pretty awesome. And we went to came across one place right. It's called the Hobbit House and all of the um the food and drink on the menu is lord of the rings things right so it's like yep. the the my precious margarita or like you know the the saruman cocktail or whatever mm-hmm. but like it's called the hobbit house because all of the staff are midgets every single one right. of them. like and it turns out that it's a chain and they are in fact the largest single employer of midgets in the world and that like a and that they're like um they're basically like a kind of um founded by a guy who is like oh, i need to find employment for these people and the best he could come up with is aren't they like hobbits <laughs> 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 but um Genius. yeah i'm like not not super proud of it there's a picture of me with my arm around three very unimpressed looking little people yeah. going like fucking i hate this guy <laughs> <laughs> but um, i mean it, like when you're there you've got to do these things oh i was interested actually before we um wrap up um i remember you tell it like, like when you're talking about thailand and talking about stuff like uh, like the like sex shows and stuff that you go to when oh you're god yeah kind of because you because you feel like you've got to because you're there i think going a bit older meant that like i didn't feel like i had to do that like there's a couple of times yeah because there's some dodgy there's some dodgy shit that goes on in the philippines there's a couple of times where like the american people at our hotel were like do you want to come and see a cockfight it's like oh, no, yeah. no i yeah. don't but, but i feel i think if i come when i was 20 i'd be like well when am i ever going to get to see this again i need to go and i'd probably just have like a free traumatic memory that i don't want <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> yeah you're totally right i think when you're younger you, you get goaded in um and you probably don't really know what what you get even if someone said oh, i want to say cockfight i'm like yeah i don't really know what it is but i'll go anyway but when you're older yeah you just know now nah, i'm just not interested it doesn't really add any value that sort of stuff when you're older yeah, I, um, I think you've got enough experience that you're like, I don't need to do this to know that I'm not going to like it because I've yes. done like I've seen similar things to make me think that have, I'm pretty confident that I'll hate this. <laughs> this <thing>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I, I don't want to tell people not to do stuff. I think you you make decision hmm. when you get there, you go and do it, get experience, get the story, whatever. But I think yeah, you're right. When you're older, you do you just more aware, it's more experience in life, right? Um, yeah, exactly, right, exactly. Um, yeah, just quickly as well. I'm intrigued. Um, so you say where where I would advise you to go next on your travels, um, <laughs> as I described Bali as the false paradise. <laughs> like, because that's 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 something you said to me that's really stuck with me. Because I like I had no idea. I was like, oh, it seems like a great holiday place. But now three or four people have told me like. I don't go to Bali and yeah. anytime I've gone oh, actually my friend James said it was like a, a false paradise and they're like that's exactly what it is it's horrible <laughs> you think it's going to be like beautiful beaches and stuff and it's not it's uh, it's sewage and fights it's, it's grim it's oh, I'm, I'm sure there are good parts that I haven't been to but just my own experience I would if you want beach especially in New Zealand or Australia I mean yeah I get, I get the novelty of going away don't go to Bali like for me if you want the beach and the paradise you've got to go to Cook Islands or or Fiji as well Fiji's a bit more commercial i guess but the cook islands especially from, from new zealand you, they, they use the same currency 
flights are direct. Like it's a great place to go for a bit of beach. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm hoped that you said that because that is my next, that's the next place I'm going is my plan. Because um, they, they've opened the bubble now so you can fly yes. to Cliff Islands again. And so I'm just waiting for it to not be monsoon season and then I'm going to yes. put myself on a flight over there, I think, to Raro or somewhere. You've got to go to Ashutaki as well if you can get a couple of days oh, yeah. there. Um, you, you need to get booked like an internal flight um, which goes from Rarotonga to Ashutaki, but that is pure paradise. Like That is white sand, no one there. It's like massive lagoon where you can just walk around the middle of it. It's pure paradise. Um, sold. Get me sold. on that plane, mate. mate. Mate, I wish I was going back there. It's, it's unreal. Um, so that's my um, recommendation for paradise, but not Bali. Yeah, you're right. Uh, those other people, I'm, I'm glad they've agreed because I, I do read a lot of people going, no, it's amazing in Bali. I'm like, I just can't see what you see is amazing there. But yeah, great to, great to hear that some people are aligned with my thinking. Uh, yeah, this article as well, we've got an article up here um, that talks yep. about when you finish traveling. And this is, this is a fair discussion, uh, very quickly for a couple of minutes, about you do a big trip, um, either that's coming back from New Zealand after two years or you're backpacking around Asia or whatever, and you don't really know how to explain it. And for people like in Plymouth or Norwich who've never been abroad or even out, <laughs> outside the county, like how do you even begin to explain it my friend said to me he lives in London at the minute he's he travels the world with work he's like trying to try to explain to Norwich someone in Norwich what New York looks like and just know they've never been anywhere else apart from Norwich like how would you explain New York you're gonna have to go somewhere like in Plymouth the high street that you know there's a couple of buildings that everyone knows like imagine yeah, yeah. that but like way taller and <laughs> that over there is like imagine that structure but just wider and bigger and more expensive I don't know um it's quite a it's quite a unique experience to try and fit back in, isn't it? So I, it is, and um, I like I, I agree with all of that. Um, but uh, the main reason I sent you this article is because I think there is a tendency, like something that I definitely learned and definitely learned from traveling older, is there is definitely a tendency to like get really into your own world when you're traveling, and you forget that like that other people are going about doing different stuff. And it's not just because you're having like a wild time and really loving it. It's not necessarily like that they want to be doing what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like my friends, if I went back, if I went back and said like, oh, I've got to tell you what New York is like, I don't, I don't think they would care. Yeah, like yeah, they could go yeah. there if they wanted, but they're like, well, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to go to yeah. New York. They probably don't have passes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and they definitely don't, they don't even have them in New Zealand, but anyway, I went around about that. But yeah, it's just like the, uh, the, the tone of this article, I think is important because it's like, you want to share your new experiences with people, but I think there's a tendency all the time when you've just come back from somewhere to like to really be like no you have to understand this magical experience that I've, yeah. I've had you have to you have to know how I've changed and like and what's happened and um I think it's important after a trip to kind of sit back and decompress a bit and just realize like oh okay this only happened to me and like I can tell everyone about it and they'll be hyped but like th there's a definitely a kind of you need to have a bit of self-awareness to be like to not kind of be like I, I have returned and like a preachy like almost being a <laughs> yeah. preacher almost yeah exactly yeah this, this article I sent isn't actually too bad. There's one I was looking for where it's like the woman who wrote it is so up her own ass about having been like to like Mauritius or something where it's yeah. like, oh, I just, oh, I could, if I'd met you in real life, I would be walking away from this conversation because I can't, <laughs> like, I can't deal with it. <laughs> I think for me, um, after, but yeah. after, after a few weeks, you, you sort of see a few people, right? You're not seeing your parents for ages or whatever it has been. And then I think the novelty wears off two, three weeks and you're like, shit actually no one really gives a shit 
the world's going back to work or yeah. your, your your little comeback thing is now in the past and that's the next thing right and i do think like particularly what, what they get right in all these articles is like um once you've done it and when you come back it is like like so hard to be like well I, what do i do now get like a job for the next 30 years in a call center like i don't like no i don't like i want to be back doing all the stuff i was doing even if i have to work in a mine or if i have to like yeah uh, pick fruit or whatever like it's going to be better than like doing probably an equally shit job but like in manchester yeah where i can't go out and look at orangutans <laughs> and yeah and it, and so like it's, it's, yeah but i mean i i feel like i've kind of settled into a um a decent kind of in between where i'm well the plan was in fact james when i went to new zealand i was like well this will be a brilliant jumping off spot for like I can get to uh, to South America, or I can get yeah. to Asia, and I can blah blah. I haven't done any of that, mate. Like, <laughs> way too lazy, way too bad at planning. <laughs> but um, so yeah, it's back on next year. So my next big trip, I think. Have you ever been to Egypt? No, it's on the list. Cool. So I, that's like my, I'm gonna I've got to go back to England for a bit because I've got to see my folks. But I'm, yeah. like when I go back, I try and stop some of my fun on the way, um, and have a few weeks like somewhere I actually want to go. And that. so this time, I think Egypt and Jordan are the plan. So. Yeah, um, nice. Maybe Jordan I'll come back great. in a couple of years and tell you about it. Yeah. Is there anything to do there apart from? <laughs> is there anything to do there apart from Petra? Because uh, no. that's why I want to go. No, but I, yeah, I figured it would be the case. <laughs> I imagine there is, <laughs> so but I'm, I'm, not, not not off the top of my head. <laughs> I might just stop there and then yeah, and then for a couple of days and then go to Egypt and then back to England. So we'll yeah, I think e Egypt weirdly you've got the, the obvious um, mm. sightseeing stuff, um, but I think people are a bit scared to go to Egypt because they think it's a bit dangerous. But uh, I had a few I think friends. It is. That, it is, but I had a few friends go out of Cairo on tours down the Nile. Absolutely fine. Like the locals outside of Cairo are just, just as lovely as the rest of the people, right? So um, I think... I think if, we, if you're with a guide, you're all right. I think they just yeah. like, don't go wandering about. Yeah, especially in Cairo. Um, but yeah. yeah, Egypt's on the list because it's just an incredible place by the looks of it. So um, love to go back. I'd love to go there. And then Jordan's also on the list. Also Amman. I don't know if you're interested in Amman, but um, I don't really know anything about it, to be honest. Yeah, they they, they offer a tourist um, visa. Is she married package. to David Bowie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you can get you can get a four by four uh, for four days or something um, with your with your tourist visa and entry into all the main tourist attractions for like this one price. And you go and sleep in the desert and stuff like that. It all comes together. You can get from the airport straight in. So um, that's if you want to go next door, could be an option as well. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it could be handy because if it is just Petra and Jordan, it's worth like going to all of these places if you're nearby. Because how often do you get to the Middle East? Yeah, yeah, you know? and New Zealand's so far from anywhere. Um, take it by much. Yeah. Right, we've got to do uh, a travel. Oh no, I've got some questions actually. Very quick questions. These are okay. quick fire. Uh, you can't really think too much about them. Um, I just want to get quick fire answers if I can find them. Right. It's travel question time. Uh, so what's your favourite beach that you've been to? Oh, it's Boracay by a hundred million miles, mate. Like, yeah. It's one that you've got to experience. Do you drink coffee? Uh, yes. What's your favourite place you've had coffee? Or country? Mate, coffee? I am on the whatever the opposite of a uh, of a coffee snob is, mate. I can tell you the difference between like a hundred dollar coffee and, uh, and a Nescafe gold blend. Um, so my favorite, like, um, but I liked uh, I liked drinking black coffee in uh, in um, Malaysia with breakfast. Yeah, it was golden sweet black coffee. Can't beat it. Lovely. Um, favorite city. Favorite city in the world. 
think it's probably Sydney. You know, I yeah. think um, overall, I think um, whether you live there or whether you're in Sydney, yeah, it's got everything, isn't it? Yeah. Um, do you do much trekking? I've got a favourite trek, basically. Oh, I haven't done much trekking, mate. But I tell you that my uh, my the trek that I've got on my list is the one I want to do is the uh, is the uh, it's the massive one that you do here, whose name has temporarily escaped me. What, the Tongariro Crossing. The Tongariro Crossing. That's the fella. So yeah, I don't do a lot of trekking, but that's going to be the next one, and I'll nice. I'll send you some photos, maybe. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Uh, we didn't do that one there, but we'll come back and do that next year. Uh, your favourite country that you've um, visited or travelled to? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a tough. Well, I mean, it's, it's New Zealand, mate. Actually, I think overall, yeah, uh, can't recommend it enough. Yeah, top place. Favorite party place? Favorite party, party place. Um, I, I'm I'm not a big party these days, James. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm going to have to. I've, I've got to tell you, some, it's probably Manchester. Oh, okay. Yeah, why not? Yeah, get um, yourself down there. Yeah, one day. Uh, what about your favourite landmark that you visited? <laughs> um, my favourite landmark that I visited. Um, try not to think too hard about it, but uh, probably the uh, the giant fish in that in the outback in Australia. So do you know Australia? They've got like all the little towns have got like a giant something. I didn't know that. So, no. <laughs> so, uh, so when you, whenever you get to these little towns, like um, not all of them, but like nearly all of them have got for some reason just like, oh, we've got the world's biggest like uh, tomato or whatever. And it'll be like a like ginormous <laughs> carving of a tomato. And that like the first one that I encountered was like, we've got the world's biggest fish and we we're on a bus going through the outback. And I was like, that cannot be true. And so we <laughs> yeah. got to like, <laughs> we got this, uh, this stuff. I forget where it is, man. I'd have to Google it. But um, yeah, it's a carving of a fish about the size of like, uh, of like a, a articulated lorry <laughs> that they just had presumably like presumably had delivered somehow right because there weren't like a lot of trees around but um yeah, yeah like i think that's my favorite landmark Fair. okay um your favorite cuisine favorite cuisine um uh in a country that i've been to or just yeah. overall in a country that i've been to yeah in penang wonderful all the street food in penang is amazing yeah. uh, i can eat that to the end of my days and um, what's the best country uh, for value for money that you've travelled to? Uh, Philippines. Um, oh, yeah. Like I've heard that pretty much everywhere in Asia was like was quite cheap on the exchange rate for pounds, but I found that that actually is not really true. There's some places that yeah, are like true. pretty standard. Like, um, like Malaysia isn't especially cheap, like unless you're buying counterfeit goods. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the Philippines was unreal. It really felt like I had a, some kind of magic money tree and could just do whatever I wanted. God, just, like, dream pretty good need to go there uh, and lastly if you were to in a few senses explain or tell people why they should go traveling what would be your reason for them to take that leap um there's just the way that people are in different countries is so different from place to place you don't like i i didn't understand it until i left i was like basically people must be the same people are just people everywhere but yeah. like actually the way people think and behave in different countries is so noticeably different from place to place that it's mind-blowing and i think yeah. that's like a reason to to go and see like and really broaden how you understand how people are yeah i definitely echo that especially being from norwich and um, when you grow up there it's quite it's like, like, like Plymouth insular place you just think that's the be all end all but when you actually venture out to see it's like different cultures and people it really is mind-blowing 
It really is. Oh, and you can also buy really cheap cigarettes. I don't know if that's. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I that. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a um, travel quote uh, or a quote that you want to pass on? I do, mate. I like. I was having to think about it last night, and I don't know if it's a, if it's a little bit cynical. It's not meant that way, but like it, nah, it kind of sums up kind of sums up my experience from traveling. Um, I was going to say as an old man, I was only fucking twenty nine, but anyway, like <laughs> as a as an older backpacker, um, George Bernard Shaw, youth is wasted on the young. And I think that um, it, it's not like having to dig at people who travel when they're young and they're like having their eyes open to all this stuff. But I think yeah. when you travel when you're a bit older and you've experienced like a bit more in your in your life, I think that um, it really gives you a better idea of what you should be doing. Like, so you miss out on the these shitty activities that you don't really want to yeah. do and it gives you a better idea of what you do want to do. Um, and yet, like, it would be much better if you're able to do that whilst also being 20. 20 and still having like stamina and like lust for life but um, <laughs> yeah so that, that's my that's my quote i think yeah i'd like to do the same trips like identical in terms of like places where we go yeah when i'm 23 which i've done quite a bit but also when we're our age now i think you get the same uh, buzz from both but from a different type of lens i think um they've both got their both uh, sorry they've both got their worth i think in terms of how you see the world and what you do yeah for sure for sure I travelled um, Southeast Asia with Emma, my girlfriend, and I done pretty much the exact same trip that I did when I was twenty three. So that would have been like six, seven years previously. Completely different type of trip, but equally as rewarding. Like seeing different types of stuff, and you know, not always going out on the Pearson Coast and Road. You know, like actually yeah, trying yeah. to see some stuff. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not criticising that trip back then. I'm just saying it's a different way of doing it, and uh, they both have their absolutely rewards. That's why it's never too late. Yeah, for sure. And, and if I'd gone when I was twenty-one, I'd have I'd have been sat there discussing which trousers to buy. Do you know what I mean? I'd be <laughs> yeah. Like, just like, yeah, exactly. Like you, that's that's just something that you do when you're when you're that age. When it's not anything bad, it's just it's different when you're older. Yeah. Okay. My my quote, just to match yours, uh, is from Rachel Walchin. I don't know if I said this one before, but if we we're meant to stay in one place, we'd have roots instead of feet. So well, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that sums up why you should go. Um, Mark, it's been a pleasure. It's been great to catch up as well. It's been a while since we've had a a chat from our football Freddo's days. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Mate, it's, it's really been great. I thought we might struggle for uh, for um, stuff to talk about, but I feel like I've been yarning for days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, to be fair, everyone says that. I think they go, they're worried about stalling or not having enough to say, but actually you find out that there's, there's more you haven't said. So that means you can come back on. That's great. You've got good interview skills, isn't it, mate? <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cheers for coming on. Um, you're... I like to get people back on probably like next year. Uh, different yep, sounds good, mate. And then we'll get you back on. I'll try and go. I'll try and plan and go somewhere where there's actually stuff happening. There. Yeah, Cook Islands. I want to get your Cook Islands experience. And if you plan anything for it, it's a day, mate. Let's uh, let's talk before then. Eh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool. Thank you. All right, mate. Yes, mate. Thank you for listening to my Winging It podcast today. You can check out my website jameshammond.org for all the links to all the platforms for your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. Google and Spotify. There's a contact form on the homepage for you to get in contact with anything you want me to discuss to do with travelling. Don't forget to check out my Instagram page, James Hammond Travel, where I post daily about my last 10 years of travelling, travelling and more travelling. Finally, please rate the podcast. I really appreciate it if you can rate it, leave some comments and I'd love to read them. Stay safe, happy listening, happy reading and be inspired.